so I'm eating my almonds. I'm trying here. To you are here. <laughs> to your aunties could never episode 69. I'm Auntie AK and I am here with Auntie Farah, Auntie Nana, and Auntie Shadow. I'm on mute. How are you, my ladies? <laughs> How to be fair, I was on mute as well. Yes, very good. Very good today. <laughs> very good. Well, I'm actually a bit... But yeah, good. Um, I think my body's reacting to the way the weather is, to be honest with you. It's like it's like my body's got the rain. <laughs> yeah. I'm quite distressed. Well, not really. Um, the doc I went to the doctors, and guess what he told me? I want guess to what he told you? He said, girl, you better lose three stone no matter what you do. But, Here's but a let's, let's, just be, let's, just, let's just put this into context, yeah? That's I just want to say, based on European standards, isn't it? I keep saying that we need to stop using that as an excuse, okay? It's only going to be a it's slight... Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, I'm not saying that you shouldn't try to be healthier and lose weight. I'm not saying that. It's just this, this you know, the BMI... They're not basing it on us black women with big bones and shit. They're basing it on like some different type of people. It's not us. I know it doesn't have some truth in it, but yeah. But that's what I'm saying. But I feel like that's the hide because I've been saying that. Yeah, we're not the same. We don't have the same bodies. Not measuring it, but then really that gives me a reason to keep on eating, keep on eating. So now I just have to watch stuff. I'm not going to try and lose three stone, but I think I need to go down. He didn't say that. Hmm? He didn't say that. You no, he doesn't say it. The machine said it. <laughs> <laughs> the machine told you. I, no, I do it. think, I don't think you should go on the weight. I really do think you should go on measurements. So like your waist. 100%. Size, that's more telling than the actual kilograms that you're going to, that you're going to weigh. Like go on your waist size being an optimum size, like maybe, you know, a size 30 to 32, trying for your waist to not go over 33 inches. Because the more fat that's there, the more stuff that can go wrong with yeah. your organs. Yeah, I think that makes so much more sense than the weight. Well, I need to go want that because I can't think. I don't know how you know. I think in I have yeah, to think in like twelve. Yes, a twelve would be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a, yeah. A clothing twelve. Yeah, is generally going to be about thirty inch waist. So if you kind of think really? of okay, when I get to a size twelve, that's me. How, but I want to look like Jessica. No, that, that's not jean size, is it? What's, I, I don't understand what 30. I'm confused. No, it's the same. It's the yeah, same. It's 40, isn't it? The 12 is a 40. Oh, no. So that's like European sizes. Yeah. Uh -huh. So yeah. it's not going on the waist size when they do their sizes like that. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. I'm yeah. always confused. Oh, <laughs> but they usually have both numbers. But anyway. They do sometimes have both. But you know, like when you're shopping in, let's say Zara. Yeah, like you can always get you. thrown off by that because it's Me all in European sizes. And I'm like, what are yes. you talking about? Exactly. Yes. And it's but like, like two more. Some of their things, because sometimes it'll be like 28 to 30. And you're like, yeah. what are you talking yeah. about? But then really, and then it's like 40. It's a full no, yeah, it's a 40. But like yeah. you'll see like medium 28. What's that? Like, I don't understand. But also for American sizes, it's two size on for them. So when theirs isn't eight, yeah. that's 12. Yes. Or yeah. Or our 10. Okay. Their six is a ten, I think. Yeah. You're like adding four inches. Jesus. I just want to be sexy. <laughs> exactly. Look, whatever size it is, when you get there, you'll feel it, innit? And then it'll be like, this is my size. I'm on the road. 
correct. You're looking for size sexy. Okay, yes, exactly. And that's in the mind. So literally, I can still eat my Big Macs. I don't eat Big Macs. Anyway, Auntie Farah, <laughs> what are we playing? <laughs> we are in O2, Bobby Brown and Keith Sweats um, versus the other day. We're playing a little Bobby Brown game because I couldn't find any Keith Sweat questions. So it's just going to be Bobby Brown. Um, hold up, wait a minute. That's not one of his songs. Okay. I've lost. Are you seriously lost? You're not going to yeah, know any yeah. of this. Yeah, so go on, easy. Go on. Let me try. Let me I was try. Out here. I was a mere toddler. <laughs> I mean, you were not a toddler in 1989. Oh my god, we're not a toddler. We're not talking All right, no, let's go, let's go. I'm ready, I'm ready. Right, first question Which group? Okay, you all have to buzz in as well. Um, so oh just say, Okay, okay, first question Which group did Bobby Brown rise to fame in? New edition. Hold on, we're supposed to buzz in. I buzz in. You said me. I said me. Yes, I heard it. You said me. It's me. That's one point to Auntie Jardé. Okay. Robbed already. Second question. Which video was Bobby Brown nominated for three Emmy Me. My prerogative. Okay. But she said Auntie Nana. Both of those answers are wrong. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to throw it to Auntie Shadow or Auntie AK. Me, me, on our own. No. Auntie Shadow. every little step. Me. Uh, you can't answer two things. There you go. Auntie Shadow, you're correct. It's every little step. <laughs> Auntie Shadow, you're Auntie Stila. <laughs> okay. This is an easy one. Who did Bobby Brown release a duet with? Whitney Houston. Oh my God. But she has to say your name. Oh my God. Auntie AK. Whitney Houston. Correct. Okay. Okay. Question number four. What was the name of the 1996? Okay. Auntie Nana. Me. 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 I have no idea. I've no idea. <laughs> I'd be cruel. I was gonna say my prerogative. <laughs> but I've no idea. Not, because you didn't even let me finish. I wasn't even gonna say that. I was oh. gonna say that he released with a new edition. So oh, you're okay. all wrong. Uh, all right. um, fifth, and, fifth and final question. In 1998, Bobby Brown was charged with something. Was it? No, 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 no. What's the question? What's the what's the option? Oh my days! <laughs> yeah, let's do the options. Okay, was it possession of a firearm, drug possession, DUI, or sexual battery? <laughs> DUI. Incorrect. Sexual battery. Correct. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to bogle on that, but yeah, it was. And the scores are. <laughs> Auntie AK, Auntie Sade, and Auntie Nana's last. <laughs> I thought I was going to lose, isn't it? <laughs> Auntie Sade, you did quite well, considering you didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> you claimed yeah, claim to be a toddler. A mere toddler. Yeah, mere oh, toddler. Back in your thumb. I was just doing my stack words. Thank you very much. Very much. Auntie Farah, who are you welcoming to the family? Today, I would like to welcome 
the wonderful, extraordinarily fabulous, amazingly talented superwoman that is Missy Elliott. It was her birthday on the 1st of July and she turned 50 years old and she has aged like fine wine. She looks amazing and she celebrated with all her friends, including people that she's worked with. And she did a thing on Instagram where she showed like she was with like all the females artists that she'd worked with and like, it, it just reminded us how amazing she was and just how talented and the amount of music that woman has given to the world. So I am welcoming Missy Elliott to the family today. Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah. Auntie yeah. Missy, well done. Auntie Missy. <coughs> Who we got in the comments before we move on? Okay. Um, and so we have hellos from Ronald and Nicola. Hello, you guys, and everybody else listening to us. Hello down there. Oh, Nicola wants to do something. Oh, this is quite an interesting one. Shall I add it? Um, Nicola says, can I also welcome a woman called Tabitha Brown? Please expand. Um, so I think most of us have seen Tabitha uh, is an influencer and actress, and she has recently announced that she was retiring her husband. And then Wendy Williams came at her kind of saying like, okay, so you're going to retire him. Let's see how long your marriage lasts. Quite a bitter um, a response to a really good gesture in a marriage anyway. And Tabitha just had the most loveliest read ever, I would say. It was just really nice. She wished her well. She prayed for her and was literally like, I hope you find a love like I have found. And it was just such a lovely response to somebody being bitter at you the Wait, woman has such that's grace great. I, I think Tabitha's great she gifted her dad recently as well didn't she yeah. like, was it, like why not if you can do it and you can do that for your family why is anyone gonna hate on that like come on Wendy uh, do you know what I saw the head on I didn't really realize and I was thinking retire I thought retires and get rid of but you mean actually she's a policeman yeah he works for the LAPD so literally it's like instead of him putting his life on the line and he took that job to fund their family while she was pursuing her acting career. It's like, now you can, we have enough money, you can now live out your dreams. And that's Ooh. what she had done. So it wasn't like a retiring, like she's laid him off or anything. It's just, you can now leave your your dangerous day job and do whatever it is that you your heart's desires. What a beautiful thing to be able to do for someone that you love. Exactly. What's the issue? Okay. But, you know, when you're bitter, like Wendy is at the moment, you'll see an issue in everything. So, and Wendy was like, I saw this, I, just, I didn't look into it. So it's Wendy was like, you need it. Yeah. <laughs> and Following was, on from years of her funding her husband. Yeah, yeah. Because it's all, it's steeped in bitterness, isn't it? It's like my gestures didn't go down the same way. She's projecting. I don't know. I, I think that she's in a very difficult place um, mentally. And I think she's projecting. I don't, wanna, I don't know. I think Wendy would. She is, but she should keep but, that for herself. And I don't. And, and as much as Tabitha, yeah, her read was it was that it's not genuine. You're not genuinely praying praying for her, are you? Do you know what I mean? It's sarcasm. And yeah, so I don't know. I don't know how much. I don't know if we could. It may have been. She might genuinely be feeling like, feel like, like she yeah. might know she might be feeling like when you read it, what, what it, was, it was very on brand for her. Yeah. And what that was the way that she executed it was perfect marketing. Absolutely perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
But yeah, I don't buy like, oh, you generally care about her soul. No, not at all. You got her back because she took the piss out of you. That's what you've done. So you're just as petty. So let's just be real. No, but she got her back gracefully and in a really nice way. Because if somebody is projecting on you, most people are going to come back with a rah. But she came back with, I see your pain and I wish you well. And it's just like, that's how people should be petty. So if you were like truly kind of like a zen kind of like feel, you know, share the love person, you wouldn't be responding to anything. But you're not. But she gets props because she was gracefully petty. Mm, yeah. sure. Interesting. No, I, I don't I think. Know, like, zen doesn't mean you're a walkover at all. Oh, like, that doesn't mean that people no. should be able to throw shit at me. No, it's <laughs> like it's just... It's petty, man. It's still petty. No, I, I wouldn't call it petty. I'd just call it a graceful response. Uh-huh. Can we read it? Yeah, I don't know where it is. It's a video that she did. Well, she the, did the, like, um, this article has quoted it. Yeah, there we go. Um, okay, it doesn't seem... I don't know. Okay. I mean, it's a bit long to read. <laughs> <She's all playing. laughs> it is a lot. She said a lot of stuff. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't a quick read. She said a lot. <laughs> But, and also as well, like, I think it just goes into my whole thing. It's just like, oh, if you use, like, eloquent words or you, you say it in such a, a nice, peaceful, like, soothing way kind of thing, it means that you're not rude. No, you're being rude as well. Do you know what I mean? You're just as rude. <laughs> like, seriously, you're equals. No, no, I, I, I vehemently disagree. I don't think, I don't think it was, that's, that's just a response. Because she didn't say anything to Wendy. Wendy is speaking about her marriage and that what you're doing is foolish because he's just going to take advantage of it and then he'll leave you. That doesn't warrant a, oh, you know, but what uh, I'm, I'm just going to let it, I'm just going to let it wash off. I actually I'm think it was good for her to spot. You're not praying for her. You're being petty. You're, you're no, she may genuinely pray for her. No, though. Actually, so we can't say if she's praying for her or not. If she's, yeah, we don't know. If she's someone who prays about everything, she but this is what I'm saying. So people are inclined to believe that she's like coming from this wholehearted good place because she's speaking in an eloquent way no, and she I'm not saying voice, or she didn't like come back with a with a rude statement, what seems is a rude statement, which she's actually just being just as petty. She ain't praying for her. My thing is maybe she's petty, maybe she's being petty, but that doesn't mean that she's not praying for her. She could be petty and praying at the same time. Someone in, someone in the comment actually said shady pity prayer. And that's true. <laughs> shady pity praying. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's exactly what it was. <laughs> but I think are people saying that it's just like, yeah, uh, okay. Because I suppose maybe it's, it's less about, maybe about eloquence, more about control, being controlled, because sometimes people seem like if you fly off the handle and go dirty, it's like you've lost control of the situation. So is it more that rather than respectability politics? Say that again? Sorry, I didn't, yeah, I didn't get it. I'm saying that it's more that people are praising the fact that she didn't lose control and she just gave like a controlled, measured response rather than the like a full blown burying of her. So is that is because I don't know. I'm just wondering if it's is it the respectability politics or is it just that? Yeah, it was a good read and that's it. Well, um, well I think it's both. I don't think it's one or the other. I think it's both. Yeah, she 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 gracefully read her, mm. which you don't generally get when people get into ones and twos with Wendy. You know, it's usually a a throw a throw back at her. But she didn't really, she didn't attack her. She did it with, with kindness. 
like there was compassion. <laughs> she she read her with compassion. She, didn't she said her love. The minute someone said, to be fair, I'm just I'm just I'm, yeah. The minute someone says I'm praying for you, then I'm like, I, I don't don't shut up. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you know it's like when people say stay safe or um. Yeah, say yeah. It's like that. Stay no, safe. At the end stay of safe. I'm, I feel like I believe that more than that. I'm praying for you in with the fact that they're coming back at me. If you're coming back at me, you say I'm praying for you. That means you literally, like, you're. This, condemning. Is, what this is what I'm saying. I just yeah. don't think it's a genuine thing when people say that. I just say you're not praying for you. Are not genuinely praying for my well-being, especially <laughs> if I've done something. If I've been rude to you. You're not generally favorable. Oh, they might have been saying well, that. You're like, if you're like, I'm going to express my anger in a way <laughs> that is acceptable to my audience. That's what she's doing. But they I, might go on, I, go on. I think there are some people out there who, when they have, when they are, when they feel attacked and they're saying that they're praying for people, they are genuinely praying for people. Okay. We can't stand here and say, that's what I'm trying to say. She's a Christian. So if you're a Christian, if you're a true Christian, if someone comes at you, you're supposed to turn the other cheek. And when you turn the other cheek, you're supposed to get down on your knees and you're supposed to pray. So Ooh, maybe, yeah. yes. maybe... I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said turn the other cheek. That's what she's saying. Turn the other cheek. Not be not do a petty yeah. prayer. <laughs> my point is, if she said we can't sit here and say that someone's not praying for someone, we don't know, and we can't we can't say that. We just can't I mean, say can't. That. I'll say it because that's what <laughs> I you yeah. that's fine, that's your opinion. But I'm saying that we can't, I personally can't sit here and say that she ain't pray, praying for her. I can't throw my hand in the fire and say that she is. But if that's what she's saying, that's what she's saying. I don't believe that everybody out there who says I'm praying for you is being petty or is being like, I ain't really praying for you. I'm just saying that so you know that you've been I, I believe she's going, Lord, get that Wendy Williams a man. Cause <laughs> yeah, she probably is. She's probably <laughs> doing that. That's the thing. Pray well, that is what she said. She said, I wish you, I hope you yeah. find this type of love. Yeah, what she was her prayer. Yeah, <laughs> that was her prayer. Get this woman of Lord, get this woman off of my case. You know, it could be anything like that. Anyway, we digress. Can we, we go way digress? Anyway, Auntie Shade, what we heard in the news this is where we talk about a news story for the past week or today and discuss it. Auntie Shade, yes. take Okay, so quite a serious one, guys. So, in another episode of Things That Should Not Happen, um, Bill Cosby was set free last week um, as his convictions um, for sexual assault were overturned. Um, this was due to basically a technicality. He had an agreement with a previous prosecutor um, in a prior um, in the prior prior to this recent case, and um, now basically he's gotten off scot free. So he's um, the court has also ruled that he can never be tried again as well. Um, his spokesperson, oh, yeah, his spokesperson Andrew Wyatt said. So, excuse me. Um, we want to thank the Pennsylvanian Supreme Court. This is what we've been fighting for. And this is justice and justice for black America. And then went on to say he's, he was given a deal and he had immunity. He should never have been charged. As you can imagine, people are devastated and outraged. Um, but because obviously this is it's not saying that he didn't do it. It's basically saying he just had immunity. Um, and to add to this, his former co-star co and I guess friend, um, well-respected Rashid Rashad, I'm um, sorry, Rashid, Felicia Rashad, um, 
basically she she now serves as a dean on how at, at Howard University, and she was basically asked to go um, under sensitivity training because she tweeted, "quote Finally, a terrible uh, wrong has been righted, a miscarriage of justice um, justice is corrected," and that tweet has now been deleted. Um, so for yes, yeah, so I just wanted to know what you guys thought about this. Um, does what does this mean to the like the Me Too movement? Um, do you think that rich celebrities ever really pay for what they've done? And should um, Lucia Richard should she be getting the backlash that she's receiving? And will do you think like people like R. Kelly and other kind of celebrities? Do you think that they will get away with what they've done as well? And my last question is: What is wrong with this generation? Auntie Nana. For those was a lot of questions. Um, you know what? I, I really don't know where I stand on Bill Cosby. I don't know if it's like I haven't read enough um, of the testimonies. So I'm, I'm a bit like, I don't know. I don't know where I stand on it. I'm not blanket like with R. Kelly in regards to Bill Cosby. I really am not. Um, and so I get it as his friend, if she is also equally as hazy as I am, why you would stand by this person, because that's your friend. Um, I wouldn't stand by him because I don't know him. And he absolutely could have been a shithead. I don't know. Um, I... I, I I, I don't know. I don't really get the whole backlash thing that she's getting either because this is her this is her friend. And I get why he's got off when you read through what he signed up to in the first agreement. And I think when people talk about justice, especially American justice, and how it doesn't serve black people, in a way, what happened to him being locked up actually demonstrates that. And him getting getting off is justice being served because legally he shouldn't have been tried and so I'm 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 I'm, I'm wishy-washy on this I don't know I, I it's my is my definitive I don't know and I don't know what's wrong with this generation but I do feel that if we are talking about justice then what's happened with Bill Cosby is justice. Auntie Farah. Okay, so Bill Cosby was accused of um, by approximately 60 women of rape. And I haven't read all 60 testimonies. I've read some of them. I haven't read all of them. Um, they span from decades. They, they span from the 60s. Um, and the thing about it is some of the women that have spoken are well-respected women. Not that that should make a difference, but just to say that they've gone on and they've done things. Um, so them coming forward, they haven't done so for financial reasons. They've come forward because they've had certain experiences. So as far as Bill Cosby goes, I feel the same about Bill Cosby as I do about R. Kelly. I think that he did it. I think that it's very difficult for that number of women to come forward and have the same story. This I feel like this about Russell Simmons as well now. After watching the documentary, I feel like that too. There's too many similarities in what these people are saying across a period of time. People that don't know each other, people that haven't read each other's stories, too many similarities. In terms of him being out, Auntie Nana, yes, you are right. I suppose legally, if you look at the legal reasons why he's out, then um, 
yes, he, he's out, but it is important to note, like Auntie Sade said in the beginning, he's not out because he's innocent. He's out because he did a deal and he signed immunity. He's in, he signed an immunity deal. So he's probably given up the secrets to a lot of people and their crimes or has decided to keep a lot of secrets about people and their crimes in this sort of circle of molestation. Um, Felicia Rashad, that is basically a smokescreen to take away the focus of what is the real problem. And it's the fact that Bill has signed this deal and is out on road as a free man now and can never be tried again. Like, don't get me wrong. I think what she said was very insensitive. And that's why following that, she released a statement and I'll just read it. It says, I fully support survivors of sexual assault coming forward. My post was in no way intended to be insensitive to their truth. Personally, I know from friends and family that such abuse has lifelong residual effects. My heartfelt is my heartfelt wish is for healing. So that's what she came out and said shortly after she started to receive the backlash for her statement. I think you're right. It's her friend and she wants to believe the best in him. And she spent years with, you know, working side by side for him. But I do think that it was quite insensitive knowing that they didn't say he's released because he has been found innocent of all charges. He was released on a technicality. So because of that, I think she should have kept her mouth shut and just ha and, and called Bill's wife and maybe said, this is brilliant and waited to speak to him personally rather than going on social media and saying all of this stuff. And I think Howard University are also right to give her, is it sensitivity um, courses? It, yeah. So, so I, I think... Because people... Yeah. Can, yeah. So I think if she's up there representing this university, she should have diversity or she should have sensitivity training because this there's a lot of people who are victims of rape and sexual abuse that she needs to be, you know, taken into consideration. So this generation, I don't know... <sighs> I'm at a loss for words. I it, I find it, <laughs> and I know it's in no no way um, comparable. But you've got Britney Spears who isn't free from her dad and his shackles, and then you've got Bill Cosby walking around as a free man, never to be tried. It's the line that he can never be tried again. Even fucking R. Kelly can be tried again. So why can Bill Cosby in the whole of the United States? never be trialed again. There's, there's something dodgy going on there. He definitely was holding the key to a lot of information behind some very powerful people. That's what I think. Yeah. Um, I think um, Felicia Rashad, yeah, I definitely agree. She should not have said anything. And I think it's mad because, yes, I, you're allowed to do whatever you want, speak and defend whoever you want. And if you really believe your friend is innocent, why the hell shouldn't you use your platform to speak out on your truth? But it seemed a bit ill-informed um, and knee-jerk reactionary, which is, I mean, fine, she's excited. Um, there's so many testimonies and accounts of ac and accusations for her to absolutely unequivocally believe that he's not guilty. But for some reason, she, she stood by him from the minute he was accused, the minute he went to jail, everything. She's always advocated for the fact that he's innocent. So... I don't know what she knows. I don't know what she feels. I don't know what that situation is. But just to err on the side of caution and safety, like Auntie Farah said, you could have called Camille and you could have just had a private like, yeah, you're home, homie, and that stuff behind closed doors. Just because you are an icon to many, you re you're a figure to many, especially in the black community, well, to everybody, but to the black community especially, Claire Hartstable is a figurehead. So it's just thinking that a little bit deeper. And I, I, you know, you're old enough to know that. But maybe she doesn't care because, I mean, you don't care about the consequences and you're all right. Then, again, it's really up to her. I think Howard University, that's also the fact that she's the dean of a university. And I think Howard, among, along with many other American campus universities, have had 
a scourge of, you know, rape situations that aren't dealt with and all those type of stuff. You know, rape on campus is, is rife. It's a thing. Hasn't ever been historically dealt with properly. So the fact that you're a dean of a university and those type of things are quite in the forefront, that's maybe, if it wasn't for anything, if it's not for the fans and the people that revere Claire Huxtable, at least for the students on your campus that you will be teaching and representing, you could have thought a bit more. It was just, it, was, it just wasn't, you're not thinking. So, well, yeah, I'm glad she's not sacked because, I mean, I don't know how it would be going into class and people are being, you know, if students want to take set on you, that's a whole other thing. So she'll maybe she'll have some sort of um, tribulations in that place. In regards to Bill Cosby overall, it's a technicality. If the legal system fucked up, then he's out. And it's, if he's out, it's, if he's supposed to be out, okay, based on the law, then he's supposed to be out. Um, and in that respect, yes, it is some mad victory for black people, but it's not really because he's also counteracting the argument when black people want to say that we aren't treated fairly by the law, here's someone that they can roll out and say, well, Bill Cosby beat the law, OJ Simpson beat the law. So in that respect, it's kind of taken away that argument that we have, that we, as a black man, you can't do this, as a black woman, you can't do this, you get, you don't get, um, you don't get a bligh in the law, the law comes down hard on you. So everyone had all the conspiracy theories about Bill Cosby, but he's beat the law, he's beat the case, and he definitely seems like he knows something about something about something. So um, it's, it's just crazy. And to be honest, when it comes to this generation, oh, actually, Me Too, in regards to the Me Too movement, there's been a lot of, um, it's like similarly like to Black Lives Matter. Well, the minute you corporate something and turn it into a business and a thing, and it's, it's really hard to police and be moralistic and keep on the right side of representing everyone's story. When the minute corporations get behind you, when it becomes a brand and a, a fad or something, it becomes a hashtag. The minute and then the capitalism slightly gets into it, all that type of thing, it's really hard to stay legit, I think. So I think the Me Too movement has come under lots of fire because one size doesn't fit all, unfortunately, in these kind of cases. Um, so, yeah, they come under fire in different ways. So I don't know what it does for the Me Too movement because people are like, oh, yeah, Me Too, you angry feminist, blah, blah, blah. So it's probably undermined. It has been undermined. Definitely women coming to the... Because I think a friend of mine said, you know, what went wrong in this instance was all these women doing like an article in the press and talking to the press and that type of stuff. And I'm like, well, I don't know. It's that thing where, you know, if you don't speak out because these things don't get dealt with, how does this story get out there? But also there's a narrative where if you're going to the press and you're doing a photo shoot talking about your pain, is that right? Is that wrong? How does that look? All these type of things. And it's not an accusation. It's just like, what is the right way to be when you've been under this situation and you want to talk about it? You should have the right. You shouldn't be judged. However, society judges. And lastly, this generation, when it comes to Bill Cosby, it's not just this in a generation. It's people that was watching the Cosby show our age and beyond. I've seen lots of different type of people talking so, about that, it. That's what I mean. I mean that generation, not... Oh, okay. Generation. I I mean, think it's in no, no, no. I don't think there's anything wrong with us. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that, that uh, okay. there's, there's a yeah, bunch of people here saying that shit's wrong. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a bunch of people. Um, I just think people have grown up with you know, I actually saw someone still say, yeah, man was trying to buy NBC. You don't still believe this. <laughs> like, it's, but then I think it's not just, it's all of us in different ways. If every generation has their kind of blind setting to what they want to believe and what they want to say. The facts are there, but yet they're still going to argue when you've literally, especially when you go to um, posts like Shea the facts are there. And then under the comments, someone will say, well, actually, this is the truth. We've got 20,000 comments going off of the mistake or the error. So this is just people nowadays, but I just think there's a generation that have been persecuted by the law, 
who have grown up with the Cosby show and just literally are still in the old school year, the black man, the black man and all that type of stuff. I just, I just think they just want to win and just desperate for a win by all means necessary. Auntie Shadow. Um, yeah, so, um, I agree with a lot of with what everyone's saying. Um, but I just think like it's not a win for black people, it's a win for rich people, it's a win for celebrities, and just shows again and again and just another example. Like if you have money, you have influence, if you have power, then you can get away with 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 anything, to be honest. Do you know what I mean? So I just don't think I thought that was very um uh, what do you call it? Oh, I just, I just thought it was just. I, I won't say evil, but I just thought it was uh, very strategic putting that word in there. Like it's a win for black people. Like get out of here, man. This ain't a win for us. And let's be real. Like talking about this generation, that generation. Let me say that that generation. Bill Cosby is known for cussing black people. You don't like how their pants sag or whatever kind of thing. He's not. He's not for. He's not for the average black person is he really and truly so it's just like no it's not a win for it's not a win for us it's a win for you bro so i'm just sick of them i'm sick of that generation um i think they just need to shut up to be honest um i'm sick of him i'm sick of monique i'm sick of anyone that supports them i just don't want to hear this old school mentality that these rules or expectations or do you know what i mean just like things that you want us to live by that you and, and, and it gives you a freedom to kind of excuse bad behaviour. It's excusing bad behaviour at the end of the day, or worse than bad behaviour. I think um, Felicia Richard, um, I don't think she should have said anything at all. I think, yeah, that, was, that's, that should have been a private moment. Um, she was trying to, I don't, I, I don't know, it was just ill, that was an ill-informed move as far as I'm concerned. And it just shows her insensitivity, absolutely. It was just a ridiculous tweet, something to tweet. Uh, just how, how, just, oh, I just, I'm, I'm just so infuriated by her as well because she is so well-respected. And you think that, you know, she would have more common sense, to be honest. Um, and, you know, it's one thing to think that your friend is innocent but in light of all the evidence and in light of what's actually, do you know what I mean? What's actually transpired, you're still going to tweet that? Like, you're dumb, man. Um, just leave. I, I don't think you should be a dean if you're going to be saying statements like that. I think it's dangerous and I think it's really um, irresponsible. Um, and it just, again, shows that women are just not safe. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> that kind of thing. Like, it's just... It's, and you just have other women that support this misogyny and it's just ridiculous. Um, so yeah, I'm just not, I'm not happy with her on that. Um, I think that R. Kelly might get off, you know? I don't know, I just think that there will probably be some sort of technicality. I think he's probably got enough power and influence to, um, to w wiggle out of it or at least get some ridiculously less sentence that doesn't, um, you know, kind of warrant his crimes as uh, Bill Cosby has. I don't, I don't think his, his what he served like equates to what he's done to these poor women, do you know what I mean? And he will kind of get away, uh, away with it. He has got away with it, hasn't he? So yeah. And all this NBC stuff, like, so? So what if he was going to buy NBC? Do we want monsters buying media? <laughs> like, just no, we don't. So, yeah, those are my thoughts. 
Yeah, I've, exactly. I th uh, sorry, go on. No, go on. Yeah, I was just, I was just going to say, just because someone does good on one hand, like, oh, but he made the Cosby show, doesn't mean that he's still not a sexist, you know, disgusting, filthy piece of man. He really is. I mean, Beverly Johnson was one of the people that came out, I think about in about 2014, she came out and she told the story about how he drugged her. And that's what I mean about very high profile people who haven't got anything to gain from telling their stories about what he did to them. She came out and said it. As far as Bill Cosby or his team saying that um, this is a win for black people, that is them trying to curry favor with black people, yeah. trying to make them feel like, oh yeah, this is about us. And it's not about us. It's about, as Auntie Charlotte said, it is about the rich and what they can do. When you get to that level of richdom, richness with um <laughs> richdom when you get to that level it basically you're you're not you're not bill cosby hasn't been the average black man for decades from since way the middle of last century he has not been the average black man so he doesn't ha he's not on a level with with most people he's on a different trajectory altogether so as i said before he's definitely holding the key to a lot of secrets um and he's not for us I remember Eddie Murphy's comedy, Raw, back in 1987, he does a whole skit about Bill Cosby telling him off for swearing. And it's like, you want to be telling man off for swearing, but you're drugging women. Check the levels. <laughs> Say it again. That's what, lots of, that's what a lot of people have said, because even when he came out and took, you know, cussed all the hip-hop rappers, everyone was on down on Cosby show, to, I mean, Bill Cosby, to be fair. But that's how, it's a short-lived memory that's what everyone goes to when you like someone or you just kind of forget the fact that he was not for working class. He had no, and he cast people with um, so-called ghetto names. He was he was very, very vocal about the type of black, you know, the, the was it talented 10th type black people? That's the type of people that he represented. He didn't like black, the average black. I think so, and um, I can't remember the name of the guy, but it was, um, he was on, uh, he got interviewed by Mark Lamont Hill and he was, I can't remember, and he was- Joe Brown, Judge Joe that, Brown. Judge Joe Brown. A judge, you know? Can you, like, no. But not surprised <laughs> by the old boys club though. That, yeah, that, no, I, I didn't find that surprising. Like his logic, the, the logical path that he was going down, I didn't find that, um, that surprising. But I do think there's more in, if, a, if, any, if a prosecutor is gonna give somebody immunity, in Bill Cosby's case, with, as you said, 60 different women coming forward, then what would have been the stuff that he was telling in those depositions that haven't come forward? I think that's more pertinent that we actually find out if your crimes against 60 are deemed as it's worth us letting you go because you have da 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 da, we should know who those men are. So I'm, uh, I think if there is any type of redemption while he's still alive, he needs to come forward and spill those beans on the people that he told the prosecutors about. Like that should be a part of his, his redeeming qualities to actually expose what those he was a part probably, of. Those people are probably sitting on the board. Those people are right. probably the Supreme Court members. Right. Yeah, this is what I'm talking about. So if you're actually after some type of redemption or you're trying to appeal to the masses, then it should be within your conscience to actually step forward and start speaking now. I don't but either way, you know, the, the, the universe doesn't forget anything. He will get his, like he will. There's no, you can't do things to people and it goes nowhere. It, it, but the energy though, has to be. Come on, like he's really free. The most that's probably gonna happen to him is, you know, you know, he's, he's probably gonna die. 
Where's the justice in that? He's not like bad people do things and get away with it all the time. And this is just another example. Uh, the, I, 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 fundamentally, I, I don't agree with that. I think uh, maybe not to our eyes, but I do think that holistically, you're always going to get yours. It doesn't matter what you do. It's go he's gonna he's gonna get it. We don't know what he went through while he was in prison. It's still three years. Lord knows what shit was happening to him while he was there. I don't think he cares about redemption, and I think that that whole and I think I don't the way his demeanor is. He's whatever the case, he's been wrong and strong consistently, and the fact that he admitted, but under closed circumstances, there's a level of arrogance about him. And I and like I, I've always said that. Cosby Show was like literally my third parent. Do you know, I love that that whole thing. I'm one of the people that would, it took a long time for me to let go of the fact that he did this. Um, but I, but looking at him and how he's going on about it, he doesn't care about redemption, as from what I can see. And this whole, even the lawyer or the person saying that, you know, this is a win for black people. It's like, yeah, let's just play them because he already has judged us as being working class idiot black people. <laughs> we are actually gonna, yeah, look, let's just say this, and the dumb folks are gonna lap it up. They're looking and laughing, I think, and especially and especially as you said, Auntie Nana, if he doesn't reveal on his deathbed or do a memoir that exposes everybody, um, he doesn't he, he doesn't want redemption. He's actually happy and proud of his position, as some black people are when they make it and they think they've made it and they're behind those closed those upper echelon doors. It's a whole different thing. And they string all yeah, of he, de he definitely pissed somebody off is why he was even hung out to dry so to speak but that's a it's a small punishment isn't it three years yeah it's a small punishment so, so again maybe, lord knows what he's a part of I, i'm like remember, it's it's not it's not for us as the masses like yeah, this is a part of something else absolutely did you, see, did you see that other story that his house that his land or something is on land of some sort of rich oil land and stuff like that there's a yeah. few stories that are around that you know we get the truth put in our faces, but it's so incredulous and ostentatious and ridiculous that we're like, this is dumb, it can't be that. So there could be elements, not to say the conspiracy theorists are all the way true, could be elements about him trying to buy NBC, could be elements that his lands on oil and gold, but it's because he was maybe going above his station of agreement. They're like, nah, get gone. Remember the girls? You're drugging women, <laughs> do you know what I mean? No, no, I know he's done stuff, but it's, it's letting it out, letting the secrets out because He's, I don't know. Out. He's not going to. There's, there's, he's got no incentive to let any secrets out at all. There's, he doesn't. He doesn't care. Care. No, I don't think so. Don't think he's so. not. He's not looking for redemption. Otherwise, no. he would have fucking pled guilty if he exactly. was looking for redemption. He's not looking yeah. for that. He, he, he absolutely care. doesn't care. But what's going to happen to him? He's going to burn an internal damnation. That's what's going to happen to him. Karma is a motherfucker. And whether it's on this plane or the next plane. I think the women is like just a small part of what he's done. Yeah. And so that was easy to expose, but he's probably been involved in way worse. The things that you even just hear of like actresses on the fringes that manage to like talk about what they go through in their casting processes. It's like, he's just, there's so many other people, we don't even know their names, that are doing some horrendous things to women now. Yep. And we just don't know who they are. And it's like, actually, I, I would have a modicum of respect for him if he just started to speak on, on anything than to not talk. But I do think 
the, I feel like it's such a small part of what's going on. It's like, okay. Let's get, let's get the comments. We got books and Bibles in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Um, I'm not going to be able to go through everybody's, but I will start with Candice. She says, um, Jennifer Lewis, the grand in Blackish, recalled a conversation she had with one of his terrified alleged victims on a radio show recently. There are an awful lot of stars who seem to have to have had run-ins with him or his victims. And I think a lot more people are still to come and speak up. Uh, Victoria says, it's not a win for black people or rich people. It's a win for a lawyer. Ronald says, wasn't his behavior an open secret in the entertainment industry? And the public only found out because some stand-up comic made a joke about it. Felicia Rashad had to know. Um, and Nicola says, this is the issue surrounding a change of culture. And this is exactly the definition of, cult of culture clash. Unfortunately, we are living through a real changing of the guard and social structure. And this itch hurts. Remember, at every new age, as we enter and mature into the digital age, new rules will, most, will mostly clash with old paradigms. Uh, Victoria says, Aunt Fa'ara, even gangsters get immunity for snitching. Bill Cosby snitched for his freedom. Question is, will Auntie Oprah get him to tell us what he really knows? Uh, is that enough? Shall I go on? I mean, <laughs> um, it was Hannibal. There were so many. It was Hannibal Burris, the current comedian that did the, the skit that started the ball rolling. Yeah. But anyway, I will I mean watch this space. Let's yeah. move on. Yeah. Um Auntie AK, what have you heard? Well, mine is less a bit lighter. So Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, Richard Branson have decided that they want to swing their rich big dicks in space, and they're having a competition to see who'll get to space first. They ain't got big dicks. I mean, they don't. <laughs> they have not got big dicks. I meant metaphorically. Like money, money, exactly. I did not mean literally. <laughs> I don't even think about what their dicks look like. I've never had. I meant the metaphorical money, money dicks, right? They are all competing. Um, well, there's a little healthy banter between them that they're all going to go to space first. And um, there's been lots of comment commentary about the fact that why are these guys trying to get to space when actually they're, with their wealth combined, they could actually tackle poverty and the like. Um, and I just want to know, say, what say you? What do you think about these guys on their space race? Um, and actually there was, a, what, what was another interesting thing. A, a lady who's married to a space man, <laughs> she did a, twi a, a Twitter thread. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't, I didn't have it up. She's the wife of a NASA flight controller. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't find my words. Spaceman, simple things. Anyway, she did a thread on Twitter explaining, breaking down what it's actually like being in space. It's not the, you know, the film version. It's actually very hard, highly shift on the body. So she was saying that basically what these men are going to do in space is actually a lot of toll on their body, it's dangerous, it's not gonna be easy. So the fact they wanna waste all this, in quotes, waste all this money to do that when they could actually look at fixing what's on the ground is also testament to them being absolutely swinging their metaphorically big money man dicks around. So I just wanted to know what you thought and do you think that, I mean, it's their money, but do they have the right? Should they be, um, you know, 
turning their attention to what's going on on the ground? Auntie Farah. Like you said, it's their money, isn't it? I think some of them do give to charity. I think Elon Musk, Musk, Musk does whatever his name is. He gives a bit of money away. But we, what can we do? We can't force them to. Until they make it a law where when you earn over a certain amount of money, you have to give a certain amount of money to charities. They're going to do what they want. They're going to do what they want. They need to try the, what they're doing. They're trying to find a way out because they know that shit's happening. But like someone said in the Twitter feed, um, that they don't just go to space and they're out there on their own. It takes hundreds of people on the ground. Oh, it was it was going fine, and then um, oh, here she is. She's back. She's back. She's back. Yeah. I was just in the middle of saying dick swing. <laughs> okay. yeah, I, don't, I don't really care enough about this story to be honest with you because it's just like there they go again spending their money like Richard Branson buying islands that he shouldn't be able to buy but because he's got enough money it's just like they do what they want don't they so they don't you know that's it I, I did go to space I was the first person Nicola to go to space <laughs> yeah auntie Chada um yeah so um Jeff Bezos, uh, Bernie Sanders, uh, the other today, maybe today, yesterday, he tweeted that Jeff Bezos makes $2,537 per second, per fucking second, right? And you want to take that money and go to space? Like, come on, man, it's ridiculous. Like, I feel like if you're going to space, you need to donate some to Earth. Do you know what I mean? As well, like, at the same time. So let's. Let's do 50-50. You can take your 50%. Let's tax the, tax the fucking billionaires, man, and give, give that money back to the community. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think it's just absolutely ridiculous. And I just think, like, you know, you know, I'm, like, dystopia-type film fan and series and stuff. But this is just, like, classic. This is just, like, first, um, first businesses to go to space to basically buy it all up and that's yeah they're going to dictate how we're going to live in the future when climate change like destroys the earth um and they're just staking their flag now i guess do you know what i mean that's what it seems like to me and yeah i don't know if i trust any of them to um be the guardians of the future of the of the human race i don't trust any of them so i think that and and if they can't fix earth what's the point of going anywhere else do you know what I mean? That's what I see it like. It's terrible, man. Like, they shouldn't be allowed, personally. Auntie Nano. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I don't know why. I'm so interested in this. So I have geeked out on this um, for a good few weeks when Jeff Bezos uh, had that little film where he was um, inviting his brother and it's so emotionally cringy. And that just led me down a, a path of, this is really strange. So you and your brother have this childhood dream to go into space and you're going to have this rocket. It's going to take you up there and then you come back down again. And it's only like a seven minute trip. And then I started going into the financials and it isn't all funded by him. And he has a lot of government subsidies to the tune of almost half a billion helping him on this quest. 
And again, it's like we have all of these things that come along that you can't tax them properly because they employ so many people and all of this jazz. But then they're also able to get millions upon millions in business subsidies when you basically own the world. But you're still able to get money out of governments to fund your kind of hobbies. And then I was listening to Russell Brand talking about it. And he was like, remember in the 60s when it was nations running to get to to space, like it was Russia, it was America, it was Europe. Now you have basically billionaires solo being like, we're going to go to space. It absolutely doesn't make any sense. And I hope that it does take a toll on their fragile bodies and they come back as dust. Like, actually, I have... why are you doing this? Like you can't, at the very least, Amazon should be a place where people would sell their grannies to work because they have so much money. You should be paying, averagely, people should be earning like 100k just to be working for you because you have so much of the world's resources funding your business. And that's just human resource, planetary resources. You should be paying everybody profusely that they never want to leave. But drivers earn like seven pounds an hour. And it's it's utterly ridiculous to me that this that humans, real humans, are endeavoring to go to space and you can't even pay people properly. Like this, like that's it's disgusting. So yeah, I hope they come back as dust. All of them. Yeah, I mean you guys said it. I I'm just I'm just flabbergasted that this is actually happening. Um, and I think it's uh, not to repeat, it's everything, leaving people behind to go and colonize a planet or try and get you closest to space. I think they're saying that even, um, hold on, let me see. Jeffrey Bezos's uh, company's Blue Origin, that's his space company, and um, Branson's Virgin Galactic. I mean, it's just like movies are made about this shit. Um, but apparently, uh, what's his name? Virgin Galactic's not going to get to space. It's not going to get really beyond that far beyond orbit. So it's just a mission of dicks. It's nonsense. It's like, and if it's only if it was helping humanity, then I could actually say, yeah, sure. Use your money because you're doing for good. But you're not. You're not. And donate into charities. I don't want them to don't donate to a charity because actually the power that you have should be able to influence governments to freaking change their setup. Because donating to a charity that's corrupt and got ties to all these type of things. What charity can we even trust in this day and age that doesn't have arms deal ties, doesn't have ties to all these kind of different pharmaceutical companies that are just killing us off slowly or rapidly, wherever you want to look at it. So... I just, yeah, I've taxed the tax, taxed the hell out of them. I, I think these type of things need to be exposed and discussed because we're just sleepwalking into this kind of whatever kind of distant dystopia, whatever. We've got a lot of films that are telling us what's going to happen. And these guys are leading the way to what's going to happen in 2099 or whatever the case. What are we going to be living? In? And I, I don't know. You've all said it. But what I, what another, <laughs> if Jeff, Richard, Elon came to you guys and said, baby girl, you can be my spaceman. Is this one of one of our would you rathers? Who would you rather try and conquer space with? Jeffrey, Richie, or Ely? Which one would do you better? Would you like think that you who do you think's got the best kind of like potential to actually, you know what, if he's with me, I could actually help him fix the world, fix this, fix the world and fix the universe. Oh, okay. I was wondering when you said conquer space with, I was thinking like, who would you want to be with? I thought you was asking a would you rather. Like you got to be with them in every way. Elon Musk. Yes. 
I think he's the most technically sound. Like he, he to me, he he seems the most technical. <laughs> I think he's an alien. I, I, yeah. I don't think he's if he's real. I don't think he's an alien or android, and someone's controlling. He's an android. I yeah. think he is an android. I think an there android. was an Elon Musk before, mm -hmm. and there's now this dude. Yeah. Have you, you seen this like one of the later Terminators where they take yeah. over? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what he is. He's been taken yeah. over because he so was you, a threat. So they took him over. So you know, maybe there's still the, you know, like when they leave, you like you still need the essence of who you are to be in there as well. I feel like there's still yeah. the essence of Elon in there. And so I'm I'd go with him. <laughs> yeah, he's still he's still young, so there's still ways that you can like trigger memories like Elon. Elon, yeah. Elon, like, and then a tear will drop, so you know he's in there. Whereas Shen, <laughs> we're like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like he's still in there. Like Run! Elon's still in there. Like, Jeff Bezos is gone. Like, yeah, Jeff Bezos, he's, he's, got, he's gone. He's martianed out, and yeah. I, and I feel like that. Um, Richard Branson is like the best actor, so he's gone, but he tries to act like I'm for the people and his kids are all in on it as well. Like, so they love hip hop and they, but it's all acting. Like he's just, a, he's just a Martian like the others. Has Richard ever had, has he been successful in anything? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not in a bad way, but like out of the three, he's the least successful, no? He's the least he's, successful, but yeah. he's successful. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's the least successful, he's successful he's of three, I think he's had a lot of failures. Yeah. But he's had businesses that have started in, without him that have done very well. <laughs> <laughs> It was just the so, way yeah. you said it, though. It was I like, oh, I don't know if I trust him. Do you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't I trust know. him in that scenario. I think Jeff, probably Elon. I don't. I don't know, man. I don't know. I just think he's an alien, and I don't. I don't know if he's got a moral compass that will actually. That I don't. I don't know. I just don't think he's. I don't think he's really for people. I think he's more. He thinks more like machine and systems. In numbers. Uh, he thinks in numbers. Yeah. Elon is the Alexa of the three, and he's the one that yeah. leads down the iRobot path. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm scared. So you're going for Jeff? I'm going for Jeff, yeah. Auntie Farah's going for Alexa. Alexa. Yeah, I'm going for Alexa. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff looks, and not the, not Jeff Alexa either, because it's yeah. his, isn't it, really, Alexa. I'm, I'm going for, um, what's the car again? Tesla. 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 I'm going for Tesla. Interesting. What about you? I think, like, who are you going to go for? Elon, because I feel like in his mad robot behavior, he'd be maybe the, the most fun. And maybe I could reprogram him. I'm telling you, he's in there, man. He's still in there. Still in there. But I, the thing is, I don't know who he was. I don't even know that person was good, to be fair. Definitely. I not. watched a documentary on him. He sounded super interesting when he was a kid. Like, <laughs> really child genius. Okay. Um, and his family, oh, I forgot he is South African. Oh, I was just oh, about man. one's done the least in Africa because I think I'll go with the one that's done the least in Africa. That'd be Jeff. I don't it? trust South Africans, like white South Africa. I don't wholly don't trust them. So let's, um, let's I'm changing. I'm going with Jeff. Let's expand on what you're saying there. What that I don't trust white South Africans. I think history <laughs> is a clear indication of um, there's there's a long line of blood ties to various bloody things against Africans, where I have a deep mistrust of white Africans. And he's a white African, so I can't trust him. So I would go with Jeff Bezos. Has Jeff done things in Africa? 
don't know. I don't think so, you know. He's not like Bill Gates. I don't think he has. So he's either super racist or he just doesn't care about Africa. It's such a hard choice. Anyway, let's get the comments. <laughs> okay. Uh... All right, so Ronald says, Amazon paid zero taxes in the US last year and Amazon trucks use the roads that the US taxpayers pay for. Their employees were educated in taxpayer-funded schools. And Money B says Elon. I'm guessing that's who she would select. Uh, Nicola says, maybe they know they are not welcome in Africa, so they're trying to find somewhere. Sorry, my scroller is no longer working. Somewhere else before they sink below the seawater. Mm. They, they may know, like, you know, they've got to leave. Yeah. Well, maybe they're going, maybe they're going home. <laughs> They might be going home, they might be talking to the aliens that are orbiting above, like above us. Yeah, I thought that. When you guys were saying that Richard Branson's one's not really leaving, mm. I thought that maybe he just needs to get up there so he can send his messages. Yeah. Undetected. Maybe, or maybe they've been summoned. Yeah. Because they're, you know what? There's something in that. They're only going up and coming mm. back down again. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe. But literally, you're going to do all of that just to go up. And yeah. come back down again. Yeah, my but then they may be going up for a message or to come back yeah. down as dust. Or receive knowledge and they'll come back with new That's technology. what I think. They're going up there to be undertaked. Yeah. Interesting. To get an upgrade. To get an upgrade. <laughs> 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 yeah. It's It's true. <laughs> Like before the aliens came to us, and they're like, nah, not this time. You've got to come to us. You want to ask now? Come yeah. to Your oil change. <laughs> That's it's too hot down there, man. You've got to come up here. In it, um, it smells. I really want to know their secrets, though. I really want to know what it is. What's going on? I think aliens think this is the ghetto, mate. That's yeah, yeah. They, they do, they do. They zoom past they're us. Laughing yeah. us. They're laughing at us. They're literally <laughs> cracking jokes. No, nah, those humans, man, they're gross. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, do you see what they're doing to their sea? Ugh, and when they eat fish. Ugh. <laughs> you see what they do for work? <laughs> yeah, they, they, you, yeah, they do. They think we're dummies. Yeah. They're still using oil. <laughs> Should we move on? Okay, yep, yep, yep. So, Auntie Flora, what have you got? Just line up. I'm going to play your clip, actually. What are you... Go on, let's play, 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 play. Introduce it, introduce it. I'm just lining it up. Oh, okay. So, my story is not... Well, Chris Marshall, who used to be in my family and then was in... Uh, what's the bloody show called again? Death in Paradise. He, did, he was the main detective in Death in Paradise for about three or four years. He is receiving backlash because he was recently on the Rain show and he said that he loved doing the... He loved filming, but he felt that his son was becoming a little bit too Caribbean. Let me play the um, clip. Play the clip. You know, um, I, after doing four great years um, um, on um, Guadeloupe, the island where we filmed, Death in Paradise, I realised that um, I, I really had to get my son to school. Um, he was becoming a bit too Caribbean. He wouldn't he refused to wear shoes and and um, would only drink coconut water and eat pineapple. And, um, you know, he he, uh, he he was very good on the beach, but not so good uh, with maths and... In I couldn't believe it, but go ahead. 
You're still on mute. So it's not really a question. It's more of a statement, really. Like, this is just, again, another celebrity coming out and making a load of stereotypical statements about a whole race of people. And then at the end of it saying, once they face backlash, saying, oops, I didn't mean it in that way. What are your thoughts on Chris Marshall and his stupid comments? Auntie Nana. Uh, oh, I wanted somebody else to go first. Okay, all right. Honest opinions. I understand what he's saying, and I think he used the wrong words. So I don't think he meant Caribbean like Caribbean people. I feel like he was more talking about island life, like that his child had become accustomed to living on an island and thriving there, as opposed to this isn't his, this isn't our environment that he's going to be brought up in. So I need to now leave this island life because he's growing older and I actually want him to be acclimatized to a more Western society where he is going to have to wear shoes, where I'm going to expect him to be more academic. I think that's what he was actually talking about more than he's turning into a little Caribbean boy. I I didn't get those, that, that sense from him. I got more, he should have said Island and not Caribbean. I think that's, that's the only thing I could I, I didn't feel like it was um, racist. Oh, Nana. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. I will say, Auntie Nana does always try and see the other side of things. So I appreciate, it, yeah. I appreciate you showing the other side. I disagree totally. And also, as well, I've, uh, sorry, uh, we were talking about this beforehand, but I think this is this is an old story that's resurfaced i think that this is this is it because yeah, I it is, it is. yeah um last year or so um oh, okay. no i i, I don't buy that at all like it was just like it was just a ridiculous thing to say again like why are you even bringing this up like you kind of basically like what what so what are you saying like no shoes like um poor education is the is the represent this is what you're getting from ca the Caribbean education system or the Caribbean way of life? Like, get the fuck out of here with your colonizer attitude. That that's basically it. Like, get no, just shut up, shut down your show, never work again. As far as I'm concerned, you racist piece of shit. Like, I'm just like, no, this is ridiculous. How dare you? And you're going, you're a you're a fucking guest. You're a guest. Seriously. Nah, man. They need to record. They they need to understand and recognize that's not. It's not. It's not the dumb. It's just not on. It's not on. I'm not happy with it. I think as you. Yeah, I've just said what I think. Like no, nah, it's. I'm I'm insulted for the Caribbean people on their behalf. Um. Yeah. Anti analysis. That was a reach. I think. Um. Do you know, this is resurfaced. I don't know why it's resurfaced. I actually thought maybe he had a comeback and he had something to say um, and he was apologising for it. But this actually ties in with the whole nonsense. With, is it Raheem Sterling? Sterling, sorry. Raheem Sterling, the comments about... Um, Sterling. Was, Sterling, well, sorry. What's wrong with me? Um, Raheem Sterling... And it's comments, Raheem as well. Why are you saying Raheem? 
Yeah, that's where it's. I don't know what's wrong with her. Last <laughs> <laughs> year, what's the one that you said last week? You said another one last week. <laughs> Go on, yeah. Sorry, we get it. Who he is, though, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, when that guy, that footballer, the black footballer, had headlines, stories in about him in the news, and they're talking about him coming from the, the um, violent streets of Jamaica to come to the, you know, and then to the saviour country of the UK. So it's just more criticizing our black countries and 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 putting it against this wonderful island, which is full of shit its own self. Um, I didn't see any kind of redemption or nice things talking that Chris did. I didn't, there's, sorry, what's going on in my mouth? And there's nothing he said. He could have said so many other different things to to talk about why he felt like his son wasn't getting the best. Academically, your son's not studying. You know that schools back home traditionally and usually have the much stronger, forceful yeah. education structure than they do in the UK when you're average kind of working class inner city school type of thing. The ones where they don't have the funding and the money and they don't give a damn about the students. Comparatively, Education in back home countries in a decent school and probably a decent school that he was in, he that child would have got a better education. So is that not not is he not more talking about his lack of parenting? Because why is your son on the beach when he's not supposed to when he's not in school? That's yeah. your parenting. Don't talk about the but don't say on my island my boy is not wearing shoes and fucking drinking coconut water. That's insulting. You have to think about what you're saying. It, why is you? Why are you letting your son run rife out and out and using? Why is he? I don't know. It's stereotypical, lazy, and he made. I think it's insulting to the country. If he didn't mean it, if he meant it in the gentle way that he meant, like you know, I've lost control of my parenting, then say that. Don't come <laughs> and say that this country basically is to blame for your wayward parenting. And I, I just don't know. I don't agree. He, he, he fucked up there. I can't see the the niceness in what he said because he said all the wrong things. He could have said so many different things. So many different things. If he wanted to talk about the fact that his son's not studying and his son's walking around barefoot, put to, like I know going back home, if my, the children that are not wearing shoes will get told to wear shoes, it doesn't mean say the whole of Ghana people don't wear shoes. You don't, the juxtaposition is mad. But even if you don't wear shoes, does that mean that you're not intelligent? Exactly. That 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 is that too. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah, why yeah, exactly, exactly. you're equating yeah. not wearing shoes to a lack of intelligence yeah. or being or not being civilized, basically. All all that was missing from his comment was a watermelon. That's all that was missing from his comment. <laughs> so basically, like the thing that frustrated me, well, there was lots of things that frustrated me about this is that Guadeloupe, where I've got family was obviously good enough for you to take your show and make it. So the people are educated, talented, skilled enough to make a show that is internationally on BBC America and BBC, you know, throughout all of that and to be sold, but they're not educated enough for your son to go to school. Now, like you all said, schooling back home is on a different level altogether. Try making you go to school without their proper uniform and see what's going to happen to them. Schooling back home, school, sorry, a comment just came in, it threw me. Schooling back home is on point, probably better than a lot of local schools in this country, to be fair. Um, he, it, uh, the, Auntie Nana, there was no, there was nothing nice about what he said. He was trying it and he was trying to be funny about it in that old, that old, I'm being racist, but I'm being funny at the same time. So you can't really say anything to me because it's all like, all in jest. Oh, he was drinking pineapples. Oh, oh, sorry, eating pineapples. Oh, he was drinking water, or whatever the fuck he said. It doesn't matter. Basically, 
Chris Marshall was just being a racist person who thought that it was all right to claim that his son was being too Caribbean, so he wanted to get, get him back home here to be educated. Like, he couldn't be educated over there. You've all said it. He could have been educated over there. He chose not to educate him over there. But it was fine for him to earn his thousands of pounds, work on a set, use the people, the, the native people to make your show, because they didn't fly that many people out there. That was all great. But to, you know, had to get him back to being English. It's just nonsense. And as far as the Raheem Sterling thing goes, what they actually said was they said that he was being cheered on in Britain and on the violent streets of Jamaica. That's yeah. what they said. That's that's racist. That's, that's it's all racist. fucking racist. They're They're both racist. Can I can I just come back on um Chris? So one thing I didn't get that his son was in school. I really got a sense of there was maybe a tutor or they were trying to teach him. And academically, he wasn't interested. He was more interested in island life. That's, that's not, that, 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 doesn't have have that, that doesn't have anything to do with the Caribbean culture. That has to do with no. like, like, He didn't and, talk and, about and, Caribbean culture. He said he, he was did. coming to the Caribbean. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I think that was, the, that was the wrong word. Like, no, he meant he to was, say he island life. He was he knew exactly what he was saying and where he was going and the subtext of what he was saying and the connotations because the presenter laughed. She understood yeah, she exactly what he in that subtext. He she he understood, she understood. The nation understands what he said. He's yeah. racist. Even if, he had said, even if he had said island life, even if he had said island life, that would have made it would not have made it any better for me because we all still would have understood what he meant. Exactly. Too black. Let's That's not. Oh, all right, all right. So on the flip side of it, on the other side, okay. So I I pride my boys on being very firmly African, and so if they started being more English. I would, I would have a problem with that. I would be like, they're being too English. They probably need to do a long stint or we need to go back to Ghana because I don't want them to think that this is their home. And so is it, what's the difference if that's are where Chris say, is coming from? Are you going to say they're being too English, they're eating too many fish and chips, they're out there saying, oh, guns, oh, guns, we are oh, no, I'm talking about the sentiment. Are you going to throw all the stereotypes that he threw out whilst you're saying that? Are right. you going to do that? In a television... Yeah, I'm going I'm to be weighing up what I deem as being too English. No, I'm not going to go on Lorraine and talk about it. Absolutely That's not. Annoying. But I'm saying the sentiment of it, I understand the sentiment of it. Shouldn't sentiment it is not... Is it, it's okay for me to have that. You're separating the context, and I think that that is a big part of it. The context that he actually said it, he didn't even have to talk about his son. He didn't have to mention the reason why he wants to leave or whatever. He didn't. He chose to. He chose to take what he thought was an anecdote about his life and make a racist statement with that kind of thing. With someone who he thought would understand what he's saying because he's talking to the British public. That's what he that that's exactly what he done. So you have to look at it in its whole entirety. In I, I, I get it, I get it, I get it. So okay, I don't see anything wrong with what he what he was saying because ultimately I agree that him and his son need to leave. 
Yeah, but it's okay. I don't think it's that wrong. But if they can he leave, wants to bring up they, his kid. They can leave, but they don't have, he doesn't have to say it while knocking Caribbean culture at the same time. You can just simply yeah. leave. Exactly. And he doesn't have to, <laughs> okay, doesn't so have to imply that Caribbeans are running around shoeless, eating pineapples, and not drinking being educated, coconut. and drinking coconut. I don't think that's what he said. That that's what he, he said. said. He said it. That's what, he didn't even imply it. I'm lying. He didn't even imply it. He said it. He said it word for word. That's what the man said. My son was becoming too Caribbean. He wasn't wearing shoes. He was drinking drinking coconut water and eating pineapples. That's what he said. That's what he said. But you didn't say that this that they were running around making your show. Okay, on okay. 15, 16 he didn't say, he didn't say one positive he didn't thing. Say one thing. Okay. Culture or that his his son is learning. That maybe you know what I mean. He didn't say no, one point positive is. impact. He he put every single one of those things in a negative position. Okay, but that's perception. I, I don't view those as negative. That's no, the thing. Why are we taking that on as negative? No, 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 no. I don't think it's that. He wasn't, he was doing it as a negative because he was using those those things as reasons to leave. And in the context of what he was saying, he was using it as a negative. We don't think drinking pineapple, eating pineapple, drinking coconut water, chilling on a beach. Is not a problem for any of us. We'd all love to do it at one time. But in context, that your son is um not is becoming more Caribbean. He the, his context of words was not positive. It wasn't a celebration. The fact that everyone has said he was there working, enjoying the sun, enjoying that life. How about just saying, you know what, we were missing England and I wanted to come home? How about yeah. just doing that and leave it at that? And the fact is, I actually understand what you're saying about because I wouldn't want my child to be of another culture. If I really want them to be my culture, do you know? And that could be anywhere. We're living somewhere, and I'm like, you know what? They're picking up too much of these traits. And that's another thing. It's not because if he were, if he was saying like, you know what? We're here, and they, he didn't say he's learning way too much. He's getting too many A grades and all that type of stuff. He used negative implications. It, 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 there was no positivity. I understand if you want your person, your child, to be of a certain culture. I understand that. But you didn't have to shit on the country like that. And none of us would say we think even if it's behind closed doors. We're like, you know what? Too much fish and chips, man speaking Cockney, we're getting my kids out of them, um, whatever, whatever. You're not going to go on a platform and say something like that and appealing, as everyone has said, to that audience of like, yeah, ha, ha. The, you might as well have said, yeah, my child was saying, no problem, man. And I had a problem with it. Come on, I mean, man. Yeah, what he's talking about is identity. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about yeah. my child is losing his British identity. Yeah. And But but what he's doing, what how he's doing it is making that um, Caribbean identity a negative. That's what he's doing. He's saying that he's going to lose something if he, you know what I mean, if he stays here in a negative context. That's what he's doing. And that's wrong. He shouldn't do that. And at the end of the day, it has racist overstones that him as a white man coming there in a privileged position to kind of really and truly exploit the country. Do you know what I mean? For entertainment. That, that's, that's a negative. That's a, it's, it's so many layers of negative. It's, it's uh, insane. Get gone. Leave. Leave. Absolutely. One thing you're right. Leave. Go. But shut up. Uh, on the way. I think it's how, uh, how it's read. I don't, I don't read that as, as a negative. Nothing that he said to me was a negative. It's just different to what he wants. But I think that I think what you're saying is the outcome is the positive, which is true. You wanted him to leave, but how? He yeah, because you're not you're not respect, you, you don't you don't, you're not valuing what your child is learning. To me, it's it's more. I, I agree with the point on his parenting. I feel like he's lacking so much as a parent. 
that you're like, actually, for my child to be in a natural environment is alien. I need to take him to a built up place where he has to wear shoes and he's going to be stuck in a school. That to me is really stupid. That's redundant. It's redundant. So listening to him, I'm like, yeah, no, it's best for you to leave because you don't actually want the best for your child. Being in a natural environment should be the best for your child. But if you see that as something lesser than, go to England. That's why you guys are always running away from there. It's like, I don't, I'm not taking it personally. I don't see this as, a, as offensive at all. Like, really. I think when you're looking at the outcome, you're not looking at the process of what he actually said. Yeah. He's just talking then, to British people. Who cares? But he's talking no, about but he's not just... in the process. That's the thing. He's using it as a negative example. All those ne those um, examples that he used were in a negative sense. So how is that? How is that something that I can just just look at and think, oh no, that means nothing. No, that means because I don't care about the because in order to take it on as bad, I have to care about the opinion. He shouldn't say it. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. He was wrong. Dead ass wrong. Yeah, I, I I don't think he was that wrong. But I think also because we're talking about it, you're giving context of what you mean. No one, like, how many people that like, listened to what he said went on a deeper level? Were like, actually, he's missing the point that his child is actually get, his child's actually getting value because you even said it yourself. He's not valuing the situation that his child's in. So in say, you saying that you're acknowledging that he said it in a negative term. So he's no matter the case, the people who are receiving this message who aren't of the who are Caribbean or of culture who understand this is a racist comment. You're, we're hearing the negativity, and that's not right. And that's that's it's not just white people that heard it. That they're not the only people that watch Lorraine. That's a national program. So you've got whoever kids, you've got young black kids watching it and hearing a white man. Who knows if that person watches, their family watches Death in Paradise. There's so many connotations and rollout effects that we can't just say that this was said in a silo to just white people. Because the one that's wrong, because they're getting a, a reinforcing negative stereotype whether, uh, without explanation. And also there's other black people that watch Death in Paradise, that watch Lorraine, are hearing this white man say these things in quotes in a negative context about Caribbean culture. It just doesn't just hit one person. It hits a wider okay. range. Okay. I, I don't think it is about culture, though. I think it's about one person's experience with their child. And yes, for us to take it on, it, it, to me, it doesn't make sense to take it on like this man's view means anything. To no, be like, he shouldn't say it. Why, he should be able to express himself, how he feels. This was my experience. This is why I decided to leave the show. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But when you're saying that, no, you're, you're giving him the benefit of the doubt that he had no racial undertones in what he was saying and that he had no understanding that him saying that on a, on a national TV programme is reinforcing negative stereotypes about black people and reinforcing and perpetuating the idea that the British way and the white white way is right. That's basically you're giving him that whole benefit of the doubt. No, I'm not I'm not giving him that much of a benefit of the doubt. I'm saying that That's what he said isn't that important and it isn't a sweeping damnation on Caribbean culture. That's what I I'm think, saying. I think that these these little things that happen over and over again Reinforce negative uh, let's just, about let's just take it. Is that you? <laughs> <laughs> Is that you?
about the Oscars telling me to That sounded like a Caribbean an advert to go to the Caribbean. Did, didn't it? Let's, <laughs> just Let's just take into um, in consideration something that he said as well in his statement. He said his son was becoming very good on the beach, but wasn't very good at maths. That's well, what he said. This is the thing. It's just like, I understand you're saying this is his opinion. It's not because he's, he's molding it all into the thing of this is how people behave on the island of Guadeloupe. This is what it's like in the Caribbean. They're not very good. It's it, If you read it or you listen to it and you're not educated enough to know or have people from the Caribbean or people from different areas, like different countries, you, you, you're going to assume that all they do is hang around the beach with no shoes on, eating pineapples, drinking coconut water and don't go to school because this is how he's presented it. He didn't present it as like, it's just my son. He said to Caribbean. That makes it seem as though that is what happens amongst those people. That's where he went wrong. Yeah, I would say that was the only place he went wrong. That's <laughs> <laughs> my view. That's the only place he went wrong. Let's get the Bible comments, please. <laughs> There's so many of them. Okay. All right. You deserve this. You do. Read every last one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. So Jeff Schumann says, Well, casual racism, well and truly alive. Not wearing shoes, come on now, very clumsy. Kay says, Come on, Auntie Nana. Nicholas says, No, Auntie Nana Evans. And Kay says it was absolutely, it absolutely was racist. And Victoria Thomas says, for a minute, it was hilarious. I agree with Auntie Nana. He was talking about an overly relaxed island life. Translation, he really needs to get out of Guadeloupe. He has been there too long and too relaxed. Um, I bet you he makes these kind of jokes with, um, with, in Guadeloupe, I don't know what that means. Uh, somebody was clapping for Auntie Sade. And Iona says, I love Auntie Nana's perspective. She could be right, although I think highly unlikely he's just being typically white. And Victoria says, to be fair, the kid won't be drinking coconut water without regular trips to the supermarket or being in a beach in London. And Nicholas says, his son probably starting I started eyeing up a little black girl. And Kay said, why are you making up stories, Nana? Nicholas says, basically, he said they are not civilized. Money B says he could have just gone back to where he came from politely. Um, Ronald said his character was a condescending colonialist who reluctantly started to approve of the natives and their customs. And Candice says he was saying his child was becoming uncivilized. And of course, he, like many other people, centers whiteness as civilized, so had to get out quick. And Victoria says, but also, Chris grew up very differently. He is probably looking at his kid thinking, you are having it far, you are having it easy. I don't see it as negative because he was really saying the kid is living la vida loca. Um, and Money B says, if even one person in the Caribbean was insulted, it's racist. And Candice says, 
He needs to speak to Andrea McLean, Loose Women. She was raised in Trinidad and famously talks about the great impact the schools over there had on her. And then when she came back to Britain, it was hell. And it was here where it, where it turned uncivilized. I mean, <sighs> that was a good one. No. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed that. <laughs> So troublesome. Auntie Nella, back to you. What have you heard? Okay. Um, my one's a, a this is a, a quick one, but um, as of I think it's this week, it's been announced that all hairdressers, all of them, doesn't matter your creed or race, are going to learn how to do black hair. Um, I wanted to ask you ladies, what what effects do you think this will have on the Afro hair and black hair industry, like for hairdressers? And would you trust a white person to do your hair? Righty-ho. So I'd like to answer that first. Um, I don't like the idea. It, it makes it, It's two things. It makes logical sense because when I went to hairdressing school, um, it was like you had to take Afro hair as a separate um, module. It was never incorporated into the whole curriculum when you're learning. So you didn't have to learn how to do Afro hair and it had to be separate. So you're tacking on more years to your um, education. So obviously people wouldn't do it, especially if you went to like paid schools and stuff like that. So in theory, that no way should Afro hair have been such an anomaly that the minute that we were here and hairdressing schools were invented and all that type of stuff and you had to go and train to become a hairdresser, Afro hair should have been part of the um, curriculum. However, I'm actually in, in, in hindsight, in 2021, this been introduced, it's irritating because I think it takes away from black hairdressers and black business. I think there's something about preserving what we know about ourselves. Um, this is, and it, when we're talking about an age of El multiculturalism and you know, we are the world and Kumbaya and let's all get together with races, it's absolutely the sensible thing to do. But I actually don't want that to happen. It's like being protective of our kind of materials, protective of our country traditions and things like that, that get commercialized and repackaged and then colonized essentially. Um, so I don't like the idea. I think I saw an article saying something, there's, there's only roughly about, I don't, okay, me and my stats, I haven't got the full facts on. Something like there's only like 300 and something black salons and I don't know if that's in England or in the UK I think it must be in England altogether compared to thousands of white hairdressers so that I think will have a negative knock-on impact on black businesses potentially because you know if you're going you know usually the mainstream in quotes shiny thing is what people draw to so I don't know if there'll be black people like oh no I'm going to this kind of in quotes Tony and Guy or salon because I can just get it all done there and that's the name brand thing I don't know if that will be the impact or if people will stick to their, what they know and stick to black salons. But then it's also a challenge on customer service because we have all those type of things. We have conversations about how black businesses and especially those in the service kind of side of things isn't up to par. So if they could go to a white salon in quotes, get their hair done and get treated like a queen for a day, will that have an impact as well? So yeah, I'm not, I'm not for it. But I do think it logically makes sense and it should have happened a long time ago. And um, would I trust someone? I think, I haven't had a white person do my hair, but I've worked in a salon. When I worked in hairdressing, um, we had white people there and there was one of the hairdressers I would have, I think she's cut my hair before. So, but that was when my hair was relaxed. And so you couldn't really go wrong with that. So um, 
I, 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 I'd be wrong to say I wouldn't trust a white person to do my hair. I just don't want a white person to do my hair when there's so many black hairdressers available, apart from the fact that I can do my own. Auntie Shadow. Mm. Mm. It's an interesting one. Um, I think it's like, oh, it's like a big experiment, isn't it? Like, I don't know. I really don't know. I think on one hand, I was thinking like potentially create more jobs um, and open up like the job market um, just for like young black girls who get into doing hair in general kind of thing, because then they can work anywhere, have probably have more career options and that sort of thing. So I think that there's that aspect. Um, I think uh, oh, it's a bit controversial. I don't know. Because, okay, right. So I think of it like hair products, right? Do you know what I mean? I like the fact that I can go into Superdrug and get black hair products. I like that because it's accessible no matter where I am um, and stuff. But realistically and honestly, would I go into a white salon to get my hair done? Probably not because I don't think... Uh, I'll probably have to wait a few years, see some very good examples, see some really, really decent video reviews um, before I take that step. Because even when I'm getting my hair done anyway, it's not everyone that anyone that can touch my hair. Do you know what I mean? That is a long process to find a new hairdresser. Um, do you know what I mean? So, and also as well, it's like, I get what you're saying because the preserving the culture and the traditions about doing hair. Do you know what I mean? Like. You know, I was taught to do hair. I taught, you know, I teach like young people to do hair, like people in my family. Do you know what I mean? It's a, it's like a very kind of like bonding time and stuff. And I think that's a very beautiful thing that should be preserved. Um, however, I think if we are going to, you know, this multicultural society, or if that's what Britain wants to do, then yes, they should do that. It should be a no-brainer that that's what you do. Um, Especially, you know, like, you know, I, I don't think like, you know, models or whatever kind of things, they're black, they shouldn't have to feel away. Um, anyone should be able to do their hair, right? Do you know what I mean? Like, that's that's what it is. Obviously, yeah, I don't know. But I don't, I don't know if I would necessarily trust it. Like, I was thinking, what would I trust? Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Maybe if I was going to do a cut, but then that's usually on weave and that's usually straight anyway. So I would trust that. Would I trust cane rolls? Maybe if I could see some examples and they didn't do too tight, but like a whole style, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, wait. I don't know. And that's probably, there's probably a, that's wrapped up in prejudice there. Um, but yeah, I, I might have to unpack that with my therapist. <laughs> Auntie Farah. I think it's a good thing that people learn how to do different styles because you know like you hear about stories of people who live in um I don't know like up north and places like that and they have like mixed race kids and they don't know how to do their hair and they go to a hairdresser and the hairdresser doesn't know how to do their hair so if all hairdressers are taught how to do different types of hair then it's probably a good thing um it will help those those children whose parents aren't familiar with afro um hair to you know style it it will teach them so i think that's not a bad thing however with that said i'm not gonna go to a, a caucasian hairdressers to get my hair done and there's a few reasons in that <clears throat> one being i want to put my money in the black community for one 
I'm going to keep it there. And I know this is so like old school West Indian Caribbean person, but I do believe in the spirituality of whoever is doing your hair. And I feel like there is a transference there and you have to trust whosoever hands it is that are in your hair. So you can't just let any and anyone touch that hair. It's your crown, isn't it? You can't let any and anyone put their hand in your head. So I'm very particular about who it is that I let put my hand in their head, be they black, white, whatever. So, but I feel like I would go to a black person because I feel like they would more understand my whole hair pattern process, all of that stuff. So, um, yeah, but I don't think it's a bad thing in general. But like Auntie Sade said, I do appreciate being able to go to Superdrug and, and, and places like that. Because if I get caught short and I've run out of something, like the other day I ran out of, um, I ran out of shampoo and my local shop didn't have what I needed but super drug did so just things like that it's it's good that it's accessible for people auntie nana okay um i'm <laughs> i'm so against this i feel like i don't know any black people that called for this to take place oh so you're against this are you but you know yeah, i'm i'm i'm, I'm holding against saying that all oh, caribbeans eat even in it, it, it actually backs up my point so why i'm against this is um if you go back to the stats when we were all segregated and how many black businesses were thriving and then you have the civil rights movement fighting for us to be able to eat equally in white establishments. And what happened to black business? They died. This to me is a classic example of black people didn't ask for this, but they see the commerce. They see the potential in actually, if we train all of these people, black people in this country, we spend billions on hair products and getting our hair done. If all salons uh, have this availability, we can increase our profits because they've looked into the stats. They see where money is being spent and it's with black women. So no, I, I'm wholly against this. We didn't ask for this. And this is an opportunity to take our dime. It may not be in our generation, but definitely our kids that are, ha, are, have wholesale bought into this multicultural society are then going to be, they're going to see the dominance of white culture as, as prominent and aspirational and all of those things. And that's where you're going to spend your dime. And before you know it, the local shop where you can go and get your braids done and that entrepreneurship that black women have is going to die because they're not going to have the commerce. So no, I'm absolutely like, we, we see it now with our hair products. It's not black people selling our hair products to us. It's everybody else. Now we're going to have everybody else doing our hair and setting pace for what our hair looks like. I think this is like a huge leaps backwards. And yeah, we didn't ask for this. Whenever we don't ask for something, why are they giving it to us? And then we're like, actually, this is good. It's not good. No. They've just seen an opportunity. I, I absolutely, well, I don't really trust anybody to do my hair. I do my hair myself. But if I was going to, I would pick a black person, like really for that spiritual terms, like you're, your hair is so connected to your to your crown. It's no, I wouldn't have just anybody do my hair anyway. But I definitely wouldn't have a white person doing my hair who's just been taught how to do it and they don't know that what that hair is and how to control it or anything else. Because I wouldn't trust them to have been taught properly. So yeah, I wouldn't. But I don't think this is a good 
this is a good move at all. And I really hope that people instill this in their kids to keep this tradition. If you are going to go and get your hair done, that you go to the local hairdresser, you build a rapport with that person and you stay with them for years. And don't just step into head headmasters or Tony and Guy to get your hair done. Do you, I agree. Do you, think, um, do you think it would like, I guess two things, like, do you think that it would like help, um, and I say this in like very stereotypical terms that don't come to me, um, but do you think that it will help regulate um, black hair salons and maybe bring up the quality in some sort of areas? Because I feel like that's, that's the thing, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like if I go into a superdrug, no matter where I'm in the country, I'm generally getting the same experience, the same kind of um, service. And like, if I go into any hairdressers, I should be able to get like a same level of service. And I think like with black salons, they've definitely been accused of like not necessarily getting, you don't, you might not know what you're getting depending on where you go. Do you know what I mean? Unless you have that years built on relationship with hairdressers. So you think it will help regulate that and then also as well, my other question is, I guess, like, does the, do you think the same should apply with makeup artists? I think um, for me, I was going to, I, and as you said, that you articulated everything um, I feel, apart from the logic that it shouldn't be an anomaly. But um, to answer your question, Ashishada, it's, like, it's what I said, isn't it, that there's a lot of accusations of us when it comes to black service business where there's service. We have lots of criticism and lots of critique there. And actually, before you actually ask that question, I was going to say that this might add a level of competition and thought process and rethinking of how we deliver our services when we're in a competitive space where we've got, because people will definitely be like, oh, I'm just going to go to the, the, the so-called fancy white salon where I know, like I said, you're going to get treated like a queen for a day, as opposed to maybe going somewhere with a stereotype. She's angry. She's late. She's not, you know, you don't know what kind of service you're going to get because there's so much emotional stuff behind the thing. So. Um, I do think that will be a thing if this becomes like a, 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 a cross the blanket board a rule of law. Um, so yes, I think it will make people step up their service game. But I don't want to be. I don't want that to be the challenge. Let's step up. Not let's not let it be this. That's why we step up our game. And um, there is a similar thing to makeup. I I would apply the same thing. I wouldn't look for a white makeup artist. I just wouldn't look for anybody white to anything that I feel is to for me. And it's not anything, it's just someone, I, I'm happy to go to someone that knows my skin to do makeup. I'm happy to go to someone that knows my hair to do my hair. I don't need to look outside. There's enough of us doing what serves me well for me to then step out. You know, you guys know when I, I get irritated when people send me videos of white people doing in quotes black things because there's an element of, oh my God, they're amazing. And I'm, I'm not hating, I'm really not hating. And I know it sounds like I'm just being basic and like I don't like it because they're white. But it's just like the amount of pride that we do, it really makes me feel uncomfortable. It's like, we're so happy because someone can do a twerk or <laughs> do some sort of African dance or whatever later, tick, like whatever kind of a Zonto, whatever. And there's some, it's so funny, I was watching a video the other day and you know, there's an expression that we have when we're doing our moves. Like it might be something that we, we put our face in a certain position when we're doing like a, the shaku or something. And there's a kind of thing that we do that's really cultural to us the expressions that we have. And I've seen white dancers do the same thing. So it's performative to me. It's like, do you have the same spiritual vibe to execute that thing? And you're doing the same facial expression. It's all, I don't know. I just don't think it touches down to the roots and the spirit. And it's the same thing that you lot were saying about having the people that know your stuff, that know who you are, putting their hands in your hair and stuff like that. So no. And um, 
But also there's a problem now, which we need to get look at. A lot of young black girls don't know how to do their hair mm. because of the way that society has made us like we're working around the clock. It's not this, sitting down and teaching your child how to do hair. My, I'm really annoyed. My daughter doesn't have to cane rope. Piss me off. She can, but she's not great. And I'm a hairdresser. But I, I know there was no time in my up and down nine to five life. Yeah, it's my fault. It is. I don't, I'm, I'm, joking, I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah, please, it's not even something I'm not even laughing no, about. Like, did your mum teach you how to cane rope? She didn't. I just knew how to came. That's around. what I'm saying. So it's not your fault. It's just sometimes things that happen. I do feel like it's, it's my fault. fault. Anyway, but it's my not. mom was working. But okay, it's society's fault as well. But my mom was working around the clock. So even that type of thing. Um, so there's elements where we're losing some of our cultural traditions that I feel like it's important. And this is another thing that's taking us further away. Um, and the final thing I wanted to say, two final things. White people tend to excel when they're in the black space because they know they have to prove something. They will go above and beyond. So I actually think you could possibly trust the white hairdresser because in that space, they will actually do the most to make sure that they're doing really well. And the other thing was, there was a training, there was a program to train where this organization paid a black hairdresser to teach white hairdressers how to do black hair. And though the black hairdresser, one black hairdresser got paid, five or however many white hairdressers then learned that skill and will go on to do that. And then there's only one black, so there's there's losing the business. and in. Yeah, so that's that's my point. To answer your question, I do think that standards will change because of the increased competition. And the the problem is where you have so many chains of hairdressers around the place where your local one won't be able to compete because they have so much money within their corporation to actually get out of the salon, to do all of the big shows, to, to be at stylist, to be at clothes show. It's like they're always there. There's always the big hairdressers and then also the ones that are doing the catwalk shows. So it, it follows on from name brands. It's like you'll have a set of people that will go to the name brand salon and now they can do my hair. And so the local auntie spots are not going to be used in the same way. I mean, we've seen it already with braiding bars, like just that whole yes. thing of that, that becomes like a, a, it becomes like a fashion fad. And then they, you're, you're getting people paying a hundred pounds to get four cameras. But then when the auntie's like, oh, it, it's going to cost you 40 pounds to get your hair done. People Absolutely. are like, what are you talking about? 40? It's all of that. And then it will get even worse because then the local Sharon and Bob spot can also do black hair because they've been trained as well. And um, I, I just don't like when things that were culturally ours becomes like a, we're, we're, we're changing it to help you guys when nobody asks for that change. When there yeah. are things that we actively ask for all the time, like we shouldn't be paying flipping taxes and nobody wants to do that. What about doing that? I never, sorry, I quickly never, never forget. There was a guy that I know who only dated white girls. And I remember I used to play his hair, but when I got busy, he got his girlfriend to do his hair and she started doing like all the intricate braids and stuff. And he was so like, but she's can do my, he was so proud. And boy, let's get the comments. Okay, there's quite a few again. Um, you are in confessional today. <laughs> All right, I'm going to start from Ronald. Okay. At one point, black women in America had to buy fashion fair cosmetics to get makeup tailored to them. Now the white companies with the back bit with the big advertising budgets have taken the majority of the market. Viola Davis ain't doing fashion fair commercials. The same thing will happen to black hairdressers. 
And Nicola says, um, this is a point, do they get supported by the Black Pound Day movement? And uh, Victoria says, I'm going to take a wild guess and say this came this came for white women with biracial children not understanding why their kids can't get their hair done in the same salon, maybe. And Abner says, black hair, I would like to walk on set and the hairstylist know how to do my hair and not make a big deal out of it. Did an advert and the hairstylist said to me, you're going to, I think that's, you're going to have to do your hair before you come right, or you're going to do your hair before you come right at the audition. And young naive me was like, yeah, sure. I had to sit in the hair and makeup like Dodo while everyone else got glammed up and I used my own money to do my hair. So in essence, I got paid less than everyone. I have so many horror stories of hair in the entertainment industry. I just think if you are a, uh, are a hairdresser, you should be able to do my hair, especially on set. And it goes on to say places like Rush, Tony and Guy um, have Afro hair specialists who are there. So, and they are so proud, kiss my teeth. If you want a posh hairdresser, go to Charlotte Mensa in Maidavale. Yeah, and there's lots of black elevated hairdressers out there. Um, if, you, if you want that kind of final treatment. And it's not always about going to the, you don't have to go to a name brand. There's lots of aunties that do a good job. I mean, my, my best my hairdressing training came from working at my auntie's home salon in White City. And that hair salon, we wouldn't leave that hair salon until late. She was more like the best hairdresser in the area. And that was going up the block of flats into her front room to do get your hair, like sit in the waiting room and do your hair. That hair salon was bad. So, you know. Hey, Abana, by the way. Hi, Abana. <laughs> um, okay, moving on to... I don't even know where we're at. We've had such a good <laughs> Aunties, no best. Aunties, no best. I'm not better, better, better. Aunties, no best. Oh, aunties, no best. <laughs> anyway, this is... <laughs> well, no, yeah. that's like, got no ding. I know, because I, I, I dropped my thing that you've got to have it. More so, dong than ding. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, this is aunties, no best, where we solve a problem, really. Um, and by the way, like I say, don't come for us, we'll come for you. We're not psychiatrists, doctors, lawyers, or whatever. We're just giving our advice, which is the best advice in the world. So take it with a pinch of salt. Auntie Nerna, what's cracking today? Okay, so hey, should we start with the clip of my one? We should start with the clip. We should. <laughs> okay, so we will. Talk amongst yourselves whilst I get that clip. <laughs> okay. So is it ready? Almost. One second. <laughs> Let me share my screen. <laughs> Guys, while you're waiting, please make sure that you like and comment and stuff on our on all of our socials all the time because you know we're noticing a little bit of lack, you know. And if you guys love us like you act like you do, you should really, you should really do that. Please. That's a fantastic please. moment. Thank you. <laughs> Um, okay, uh, there we go. Hold on. Yeah. So we didn't really introduce it, but anyway, this young man has something to say. Here we go. And let's me find the slide. marriage laws and <laughs> the contract we signed with each other, right? To have sex with anybody else, right? So these urges that come, mm -hmm. I have to share them with the one person <laughs> I decide to spend the rest of my life with, right? 
So that that brings me back to my 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 soundbite. Okay. Right. I don't understand, and this is what we can discuss mm-hmm. as a woman, because I don't I don't want to say it's a man versus woman thing, but a lot of women do complain. Oh, my husband's always on me. Why is he always on me? Mm-hmm. If sex is gonna be a chore for you that you don't really want to do, why do women constantly push monogamy? On men, if you know that you don't want to have to deal with him all the time, just wanting you, mm-hmm. why do you push monogamy on men? Okay, um, so actually, the dilemma question that I wanted to ask you guys is: for one, do you think he has a general point? But also, if your husband has a higher sex or boyfriend has a higher sex drive than you and you're in a committed relationship with him, is there a conversation to be had that maybe another woman comes in to facilitate the high sex drive? Auntie Farah. Oh, man, me first. Um, Okay, so I believe in any relationship, there's peaks and troughs. There's a time where the man is more sexually active or um about it or you know has a high sex drive and then there's times when a woman does you know men and women they there's they reach their sexual peak at different ages don't they so with that said you bear with me because i bet you any money when you're in your 40s or your 50s and you need to take a pill to keep your dick up you're not gonna want me to go fuck no next man straight (laughs) facts so with that said, if I'm going through a moment in time where I'm feeling like I don't want to have sex every minute of the day because I'm not 20 anymore or 18, where I feel like I need to in order to satisfy you and not me, or I'm just feeling some type of way about my body at this particular time, as my husband who I have made vows with for me and you to be in this monogamous relationship, and that's what you have made the vows to do. It's different if you go into it and you're like, do your thing, I'll do my thing. But if you go into it in that way, your partner should respect the fact that you're going through something, just like I'm going to respect the fact when you give me a one pop, because that's all you can manage. <laughs> Auntie Sade. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I think, um, oh, what do I think? I think that, so, okay, I have issues with monogamy anyway, as you have issues, but if we're looking at this in this context where both parties have agreed to this thing, um, then I think I think the guy needs to calm down, man. Just calm the hell down. Why is the onus put on the woman to catch up with you? Why can't you calm down and be on her level? Do you know what I mean? And like, I just think it just really goes to this whole narrative that men are incapable of controlling themselves in any given situation. That for monogamy is such a constraint that they're unable to restrict themselves. That they must go and spread their seed. Um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And it's just like. I just think an, a, a, a whole unlearning needs to be done, um, that that is the role of men. It's just not, you cannot, you know, it's it's kind of like whittling down your existence to just bussing, like, what the fuck, man? There, is there not more to you than that? Is there not more to our relationship than that? That's, uh, that really just is just very uninspiring. And I would be very weary of a man that would suggest you know, do you know what I mean? Bringing someone in because my sex drive is lower than yours, you know? And then also as well, it's just like, like um, Auntie Farah was saying, but even in the present day, if the roles were reversed and mine was 
my sex drive was higher than my man's, is he going to be okay with me bringing in the next man because he can't serve for me? Do you know what I mean? And it's just like, I don't think so. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a wild guess and many men would not be happy with that situation. And I just think like, you know, there's so many reasons why women's sex drive can be low. You know what I mean? It could be work, it could be trauma, it could be stress. Like there's so many different things. And it's just like, instead of like trying to be her piece, like trying to make her life or her situation better, all you're thinking about is your fucking dick. Like seriously, like, no, I, I just think it's just, um, I, I just think also is, the other thing is like, isn't this what you signed up for as well? Like, I just can't stand that shit. Like, <laughs> we have an agreement and now you're complaining. Shut up, man. Like, I just can't. I just can't. Yeah. So um, when I watched this, I was so infuriated um, because it just sounded like a man just really trying to work brain. And I really wanted her to jump into uh, her name's Kadeen. This is um, Devale and Kadeen and they're the Ellis's. They, they've got podcasts, popular couple, internet couple, all that type of stuff. So they definitely get into it. When he was talking, I was like, this guy is just working brain because you're overlooking the fundamental fact that his, first, his question was, why do women force men to be monogamous? Women don't force anybody. We are, because he was putting it on his wife saying that you forced me. And he was trying to be so like, well, you kind of did. And she was like, no, I asked you, put my foot, I said, yeah, let's get serious and let's go. And he was like, you kind of forced me. Where, where did she hold a gun to your head, sir? No, she said, I let's go, let's get married, let's take this to make this thing serious, let's commit. You have a choice to say yes or no. She didn't force you to get married. Yes, maybe you're gonna have to face the uh, oh shit, I'm gonna break up with this woman that I love. Oh, I might have to go back in the day. Those are all things that you might have considered, but she did not force you. And as everyone, as the guys have said, flip it and reverse it. If she was saying, because and also apart from all that. You saying that women always force um, ask for monogamy and force monogamy because men expect monogamy. They don't even have to ask about monogamy because mm. they expect it. Society exactly. makes men know that I don't even have to ask for this woman to be loyal to me because I bloody well fucking know that in society standards, she ain't going nowhere. She ain't fucking what have sex with another man. I don't need to ask that. So that's a really false um, statistic. And I, what pissed me over the way he was asking was so like smug. Like, you know, women always, no, they don't. And I think she went on expanding the whole, there's a, there's, a, there's a full conversation. And when they explore the conversation a bit more, it's a lot more informative. And he does say that, look, none of us are raised to understand what it means to be committed in a relationship. And none of us are raised to really understand what being monogamous to someone is because the, you know, that thing of having to sleep with one person for the rest of your life, though we know that's what it is, there may be nuances like actually, really gonna have to fuck this guy whenever he wants but actually no you don't actually as a woman and this is that again societal brainwash that men think it's this whole thing that yeah we've got lots of testosterone we have to fuck we have to fuck because no one's actually i don't there's enough studies to what happens if a man doesn't get his way all the time because there are men out there that don't get to fuck every time but they don't feel like i have to go and cheat they don't feel like their whole world's going to fall apart they don't feel like they can't function so let's have a look at those statistics compared to the men that keep saying but sis, if you don't fuck me every day, I'm not going to have to go and cheat. And also, he also implies that before you were um, monogamous, you were fucking out on her, that means, because you, you're saying that she switched the game up, but either you were, do you know what I mean? Like, you were banging every day, every minute, every day, or you weren't, and you were fucking out on her then, to be honest. Do you know what I'm saying? You're saying it's impossible for you to be monogamous. Uh, anyway, so, yeah, I 
can't even remember your question. It was so incensed. Um, introducing <laughs> someone? No, you don't need to introduce anyone. You just don't need to cheat. And if you don't want to stick with my one vagina, get the <laughs> fuck out of the relationship. That, unless I'm into the threesome way, the foursome way, and I want, if I, as the wife, want to introduce someone to the relationship and try, no, let me introduce Jeff or um, <laughs> Elon or Richard into the relationship and tell me how you feel about monogamy then, you motherfucker. Um, yeah, I agree with all of that. I felt, that, and I've watched this clip a couple of times, and literally I just thought like Deval was being very immature. But I do think a lot of men have this point of view. Like, you know, there's, it's, it is guilt tripping. It's like, but we're in this and I have this sex drive. So you should kind of, you, you should be responsive to my sex drive. But there's never the conversation on what about the responsiveness to her lack of a sex drive? Like, why is it not the other way? Or if she is just tired of your ping, like she actually just may be over yours, like is there a conversation that she could actually have? Like, well, I'm just tired of your ping and maybe somebody else's could be the, the remedy. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's nuanced, but nobody wants to hear that. It's always a kind of thing of, oh, I have a high sex drive. And sometimes it's just not that. It's just that you're just not exciting. And you know, can, can we talk about that without your ego dropping to the floor and and crumbling? It's it's all of these things, but it is. I just felt that stance of like monogamy being forced on anyone is is ridiculous because I could imagine somebody stepping out and using that as an excuse, and yeah. like really, it has nothing to do with the woman. I said this before. I just think cheating really has nothing to do with the other person. If if somebody wants to do it it's it's an itch that they have that they need to scratch that nobody else like you, you as the person who's been cheated on couldn't fulfill that they decided to get that energy release elsewhere that's for them but then at the same time when I'm looking at Kadeen and I'm like you are beautiful like this dude goes on he like he is God's gift but really there is there is another What's dude that, that, would be that would be there for you like that would be there like it's but yeah, Deval does like play on this a lot. Like he has a really high sex drive and there's something about it. I just don't believe it. Me neither. When you're in groups with lots of women, where are these men, please? Because most people are talking about the lack that the man puts in, in a performance than the other way around. Like, so this whole thing of like, you know, women are sitting somewhere being like, my man is always on me. I've never been privy to that conversation. Like it's just never happened. It, 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 and, but this is something that they one think is going on. The one pop conversation. All the time. <laughs> How them give me a one pop, roll over, you're done. What about me? I'm still what here. What's going what? on? Can we go again? I don't want to wait. I, I think that's one. a wider convo. Like, I feel like this is a myth. It's a fallacy that and they also, talk amongst themselves. This is not true. And also, I think it's like, when are you knocking on her vagina door? Like, is it when she's just coming from work? Is she's just put all the kids to bed? Are you actually in tune with when, do you know what? Do you know when you know the best time to catch my wife is when she's had a bath and she's chilled? Then let me approach her with my heartness. Not like- she's talking just, about just learn the person's cycle. That's when I'm she's thinking. ovulating, she's going to be more horny. It's like, just, just know the rhythms of a woman and you'd be able to get it in there. But let's say- 
periods coming after period probably not dude like just know the cycle and then you'd probably be all right but that that would take too much thought though wouldn't it because you just yeah. want it when you want it and it's a, anyway let's get the comments there we go <laughs> what's my husband <laughs> saying <laughs> <laughs> okay right so Nia Darte says Deval was being immature especially read the monogamy part however there is a conversation about men not being able to talk about wanting more sex without them being painted as ne- neanderthal Okay. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm not a man, but I think it's that I think men love to say there's no room for us to say this. There's no room for us to say that. You're not safe everything all the time. You don't always talk about sex and the amount of sex that you want and the amount of women are programmed to actually feel like we have to give sex on demand. We're actually programmed in society that if we don't say yes to sex, we're a failure. That is from childhood. Yeah. That's from even in when it's like, oh, baby, baby, please rub my balls. Please give me a blowjob. And you're like, I want to preserve my virginity as long as I can, young man. But yet you feel pressure to have sex. It's in you lot's DNA in your societal script of being a man that you're allowed to say how much sex you want. I think there's an approach and the way that... I was waiting. I was waiting. I mean, I don't care because you know this is your fault that we were discussing this. I was so mad when I saw it. Um, <laughs> but no, so, I can think- I read Ronald's comment? Sure. So Ronald says, if you've ever watched the Black Show Sisters, his character is as immature as he is. He he's not an ad, he's not adult enough to realize that you don't always get your way. And Nia Jate comes back and says, "Imagine you said you're not a man, and then proceeded to tell us what we really want." Yeah, she mansplained. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, I didn't tell you what you're gonna get. I just explained the situation that we're in as a woman in response to you guys talking about you can't talk about sex. Sex dominates. It's in your music. It's in everything you do. Yeah, I don't think I don't think I've come across any man that's ever been shy about saying how much sex he wants or when he wants it or talking about. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think I don't know if that's a thing. Wow. <laughs> 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 I need to know. I think it's like the approach and how you say because there's nothing wrong with saying. And I think, look, it's that maybe I get mad, lazy stereotypes. I've got a high sex drive. I'm um, a sex addict. Let's just pare it down and get what is actually the problem? Is it because you're going, like you said, like we said, are you it's coming at your woman at the wrong time? You're not gauging her mood and her time. Are you um, not having, are you not exploring your actual sexual prowess? I think Auntie Farah said, are you even good at sex? Because the reason, maybe you're not getting the satisfaction where actually, if you were taking the time to nurture and work through sex, not treat it like a goal that you've got to score, maybe you yourself thinking that just busting a nut is the be all and end all to sex is the problem. You don't understand that actually, if you stimulate a woman and get into them and really have a, a more holistic kind of sensual session, you'll get more out of it. And you might not feel, you might actually feel like you don't need to have sex for another week because you've literally done the done the thing within that session that you paid attention to. I think men have got some, I think you lot need to talk to each other in your in the Fandu language and work out what your issues are. You lot got issues. I think I think I think it's because there's that's the way we're all socialized. So men expectation yeah. there. Do you know what I mean? Like or that mm. that they're they're allowed to have that expectation. And it's not it's not coming across like oh yeah like your caveman. It's not that it's just that you've just been allowed to dominate in that area, you know? 
And it's just like, it's not really considering our point of view. So that's why it's just like, oh, it's, anno it's annoying because you talk about it all the time anyway. It's in every like part of our society, everything we see all the time. It's like, you know, the male gaze all the time, like the male point of view all the time. So it's just like, really? Do you know what I mean? Like really, it kind of seems a bit, I don't know, a bit like not reading the room, maybe. I don't know. Possibly. Yeah. Oh. I, I, I agree. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Any last comments? <laughs> um, okay. So, <clears throat> okay. So we can, we can say how much we want, but does it mean we'll get it? Oh, that moved. Okay. You're, and then he goes on to say, you're mad in it, Auntie Aquia. Um, and then it follows on again. Nia Date says, as I said, we talk about sex. We are Neanderthals. And Rowena says, is there a problem he's boring in bed? Is there variety? If it's the same routine every day, poor woman is bored. And goes on to say, and how long has she been bored for? And not that it's all on him. Yeah. Sorry, nil point de val. <laughs> um, moving on for the... Culture. What are we talking about today in the culture? There's lots of stuff that's come up today. Um, this is where we talk about what's going on in society, how it affects us, and who's chatting on the socials about it. Um, I'm, again, lost my page today. What's going on with me today? Um, for the culture. So there's a few things. I think what we're going to first lead off with is the nonsense that's been happening to Black athletes this week from Shikari being banned for smoking weed um, to uh, the Afro swimming cap brand that was banned from Olympics, the Olympics yeah. that, that, you know, we don't need it. It's, there's no need to have a different hair cap for Afro hair. To the Namib Namibian female athletes who were banned for having too much testosterone, to the young lady called Brianna who has been banned because she missed a drug test. Um, and in her words, she was recovering for from an abortion, so she wasn't well enough to go for her mandatory drug tests and but they banned it for five years from participating in the olympics and any such sport mate um there's a lot going on i haven't gone into all the details because it'd be long to read them all but i just wanted to know what your thoughts were on the general is this a, i think everyone's like there's a big big massive attack on black women in sport um and do you feel the same do you feel like that and, and just through some of the cases what are your thoughts on some of the things that have come up in the news today about I, all the i think it it feels like there is um, I haven't seen any comparisons where it's like, no, it's not just black women. There's da 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 that got, uh, and I haven't, I haven't seen any of that. I feel like the five year ban just feels really heavy handed. Like that's like, no, I can't see. How, even though it, I was reading that it's like she's missed two, not in a row, but two drug tests. I think in a year and a half. And so it's seen as excessive that she's missed two. But I feel like the one time when the person knocked on the door and it was the day after she had had the abortion, that should have been like, okay, that's understandable. Okay, you still have this one. And maybe you have a two-year ban or something. But five years just seems really extreme. Um, and I guess the marijuana thing, although it is extreme circumstances, I still get that ruling. Because I think if it was somebody else, I'd be like, no, that's like they should be suspended as well. But it, it, I think more than anything, the gymnastics, which you didn't mention, 
that they're kind of changing standards because uh, is it Simone? Well, because she keeps winning. Because she's so phenomenally ahead of everybody's standards, yeah. it's like they're reducing the standards. That to me is mm-hmm. that's racist as hell. That's disgusting because you wouldn't do that to anybody else. You would just be like, it's in the ether. You know, somebody wins a record, usually like within two years, that record, it's like something happens to humans. They uh, they strive higher within yeah. the sport. So to have her penalised because she's so much better than everybody else uh, is disgusting. I did not hear about that while I was just Googling it. Um, Auntie Charlotte, you yeah, I agree. I feel like it feels like it's a, like an attack on black women, but I just think like maybe it's just in the press more because I feel like this happens all the time in athletics anyway. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like black women just tend to get penalised more, um, you know, um, what's it called? Uh, regulated more in general anyhow. But like, yeah, as much as I'm, oh, I can't remember the woman's name, Shikari or how do you say her name? Um, yeah, Shikari. Yeah, Shikari. As much as, like, you know, I feel for her and everything like that, I, I can't lie, I'm a bit conflicted. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know a couple athletes and I know how, you know, how how hard it is. Do you know what I mean? And how strict you have to be and everything like that, despite what you're going through. So I don't think it is, you know, necessarily fair to, 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 to kind of be... be have the expectation that she can play outside the rules just because she's good. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I just feel like, I don't know. But I like, I like the fact that people are supporting her at the same mm. time too. Like, yeah. I love that. But like, it, you, do you know what I mean? Like, you, we can't bend the rules. If everyone's playing by the same rules, we can't bend the rules just for you. Do you know what I mean? Um, but I know that other people have, you know, the rules have been bent. So I think like there is an argument to kind of like, you know, I don't know what the process is there, but like to appeal or whatever kind of thing, if, if she can, um, and look at other cases and compare and see if it's fair. I think there's something there that can be done. Um, but yeah, Simone Bart, I just think, oh, it's terrible, isn't it? But I think that that is, you know, commonplace. I think that happens in every kind of industry, walk of life and stuff all the time. Like, do you know what I mean? There's one rule for for us and there's another rule for everything else and it's just like to be honest if you're not good just say that do you know what i mean if you're not up to standard just say that man like you just let it you know the, the girl's freaking crazy talented instead of, instead of you to be proud instead of you to be proud to say that she's setting the world standard do you know what i mean you're just lowering the bar for everybody else it's it's just ridiculous if i was one of her competitors i would be insulted by that because what you're saying is that I can never be as good as her so you have to make it easier that's ridiculous like but I do feel like that is the you know yeah I'm gonna say it is the it's the white supremacy lie do you know what I mean that you know the standard whatever they set is the best when actually there's people usually not from that race who are better yeah yeah you guys have all said it I mean when Michael Phelps was winning all the goals were they changing the standards of swimming then they weren't they weren't changing anything they just let him continue you know i could name many many athletes that have gone on and and broke records and they haven't changed the standards to to i just i've never heard of them lowering something 
It's absolutely ridiculous. You're too good, so we're going to make it, we're going to lower the game to make it in an easier platform for everybody else rather than everyone trying to aspire to get to your level. It's just disgusting. So then what do you do? Do you say, like, the record that, um, what's his name, uh, Bolt set, Let's scratch that. Let's erase that from history. And then the new world record would be whoever comes in 10 times slower than him. It, I, don't, I just don't understand it. And the swimming cap thing is the fact that they said no one has ever had to wear that. Well, hairstyles change. Things change. Black women's hairstyles have changed. Like, you know, we want to be able to keep our hair whilst we're doing our sport. What is the problem? It's a swimming cap. What makes it illegal? Like, and that's your justification. It's never been done before. Well, there's lots of things that have never been done before. That doesn't make it all right. It's like when Serena Williams wanted to wear a certain leotard because of her blood clots and it kept her, you know, um, it helped her with that. And they said no to it. There's all this. It's not fashion statements that people are making here. There is a reason behind their choices. And it, the fact that it's shitted on so quickly is just so racist. It's just, it's so apparent that it's just anything that we want to do to make ourselves comfortable whilst we're doing it is just shitted on, isn't it, really? Um, yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, so looking at what Simone did, um, she did a really super... It wasn't that... Well, they awarded her the high... As they wouldn't... So I think the top mark was like 6.6, .6, and they wouldn't award her more because what she did was... Um, oh, bloody hell. Yurichenko... Uh, 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 double pike, which is considered so perilous and challenging that no other woman has attempted it in competition. And she did it and landed wonderfully. Um, so they were saying that they don't want, I, I don't know what their point is. As, as they're saying, they don't want, they didn't want to overrate her. They gave it a provisional scoring value of 6.6, .6, close to her other vaults, but that limited the points available for performing it successfully. Um, something that Simone says, I feel like now we just have to get what we get because there's no point in putting up a fight because they're not going to reward it. Um, the International Gymnastics Federation had the final word on it. And so she said, we just have to take it and be quiet. Um, United States National Team Coordinator Tim Forster agreed with Biles saying that 6.6 .6 was not high enough given the vault's difficulty. So they're just choosing not to give her recognition. And um, there was something that she did again before. And what they did was like only again award her, uh, they, they awarded her an H, but everyone complained and said it should have been given a G because j is like the highest rating and um h was like a breaking the rules and so basically as we we're all saying they just don't want to like what what you're aspiring to in society we're living longer we're improving technology has given us the skills to do to learn more so you've got to start capping things like when you start getting knowledgeable you're like no sorry you're too clever you yeah basically yeah. because she's excellent they're like, we're not going to give her excellence. Yeah, we can't. We're going to give her the high one that somebody else can obtain to as well. And yeah, it's like, that doesn't make any sense. That's, so that's like, to be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm not for this whole modern way of let's not clap at events, let everybody be a winner, everyone gets past yeah. all of that. Children, no one has, like, if, if a parent's going to be, uh, what do you call it, one of them driven parents, they're going to drive their kids to ruin because they're over pushing their kids to do stuff. Pushy parents, God, that. <laughs> they're, they're going to do that regardless of the situation. It doesn't, I know, it took so long to get to the word pushy parents, sorry. Um, it's, 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 they're going to do that regardless of what the competition setup is. It doesn't change. So we're always going to have pushy parents. Everyone clapping, everyone get a medal because you walked faster or because you picked up a flower. It's all, it's undermining competition. There's nothing wrong with healthy, healthy competition. <laughs> nothing wrong with it. The swimming cap thing, I think they're looking at potentially overturning it. Yeah. And I think there's enough pressure been put on because mm -hmm. that was, 
absolutely ridiculous and very extremely racist. Shakari, yeah, um, you know the word. She's actually, she's a look, I, I, I did what I did, I acknowledge it. Um, I think she can get to do the the, the relay, she just can't um, yeah. do the 100 meter, which is yeah. a shame. But she, she, she's okay with it. So, but I also like the fact that we just rally around and don't give a damn. This is one of them ones where we don't care what you say, we're just backing mm -hmm. her anyway. Um, and the Namibian athletes, there's been a problem with that, about the testosterone levels in women who identify, who, who are born women, not even those who identify women or who are transgender. These are women who happen to have high level of testosterone, according to the rules and regulations of the Olympics, and they're being banned from running. I think from when you're a woman, and I mean, I don't, I can't get into the whole argument, but if you're born a woman or, and you just happen to have more tests. I don't see why you have to be removed from the from the game. I don't get it. I think it's I think it's wild. I don't know what the what they think the solution should be. Like, are they going to start putting people into testosterone categories or something? So if you've got this much, then you do this race, or you do. Do you know what I mean? Like like weight classes or something. Like it just seems so ridiculous. I I don't know. I think it's. I think it's a weird one for like what the athletics like seem to be the leaders in saying what determines how much testosterone a woman should have. Yeah, it's weird. I think it's and weird. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's that. Let's find out what's made you sad, mad, and glad this week. Or did you want to talk about Love Island? Sorry, my bad. Did I jump? Oh, no, no. Would you? Oh, oh Love Island. Yeah. Please <laughs> watching Love Island. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let, let's, let's do a quick, a quick summary of what's happened so far. Mm -hmm. Go on, Auntie Chade. You, you, okay. you know the gist. <laughs> Pressure. Um, okay, right. So we've got a few couples. We had a new girl come in, a girl called Rachel. Um, and she was deemed like the bombshell of um, of the of the house, and um, she had to pick between two fellas, um, Chugs and Brad. Brad. And she ended up picking Brad. Um, and then yesterday, she got into like, oh my god, full tears because she thought that he was saying that he wanted to see other people, or she should crack on with other people. So she was like losing confidence on how he felt about her. I'm thinking it's only been a fucking day. Like, do you know what I mean? Just get a grip. Um, and um, who else? What else happened? Rachel. Rachel is a black girl. Yes, sorry, there. Rachel, there's two black girls, Kaz mm -hmm. and Rachel. Yeah, and Kaz, I, I, I do like Rachel. Yeah, I like I like her with Faye actually. I think I didn't. I wasn't sure about Faye in the beginning. But yeah. I think actually Faye might be a real one and I think they'll be quite real together and that could be quite entertaining. Um, yeah. As he's the other black girl in there, she was the original one. She is coupled up with a guy called Toby and she literally, this guy has never been in a relationship with anyone. I think she's 26. I can't remember how old he is. Yeah. And he's like 21 or something. 21, yeah. But he's never had a girlfriend or anything. Um, he's been with girls but never had a girlfriend. And um, she's coupled up with him and he kissed her for the first time yesterday. And she acted like she was so grateful. It was unbelievable. Like it was, it was, 
and embarrassing, to be honest. And I'm, you know what? She comes across as a lovely girl, but seriously, darling, like seriously, you cannot be rejoicing for crumbs. Like the guy's been with you for how long now? <laughs> no. I have a question for you guys though. Like, um, I was watching and she came on screen and I didn't know it was her. She had a bonnet on and glasses yeah. and no makeup. And literally, I was like, no, 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 no. Like, I felt like, um, what's her name? Auntie Monique. Why? How, like, would you go into the Love Island house and put on a bonnet? Like, is that okay? Yes. Absolutely. That is her nighttime routine. She is a black girl and she's being 100% oh. real. Like, what black girl do you know? Like, honestly, I'm not being funny. Like, Rachel's sleeping with in, in her... What is she? She got a wig. She's either got a U-part wig or she's got a weave. Not covered. Hair's looking mad in the morning. Like so, when we see her on screen, it's looking like honestly. I think that what's her name, Kaz, is like saving herself for, from that. No, and also, oh. like she wear like a pink um, like nighttime outfit, and she's got a pink matching bonnet or like blue. Like I think it's very cute. I think it's normalizing what black women do. Yeah, I'm not performing for nobody. I'm letting her go on. That's one of the things why I won't go on those shows because I've got my black behaviors, and I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to adapt it for the screen. So actually, that's not one. I shouldn't say that. It's not the reason why I wouldn't go on those shows. I just wouldn't go on those shows. But to be judged because I'm doing something that's natural to me, I'm going to wear my headscarf because even it's so in part of my bedtime routine. I can't see if I don't have a headscarf on, even if I don't need to wear. When I have my head short hair, I still wear a headscarf. So, so when you like met a guy. Like, remember, this is a dating show. So you meet a guy. You would, first night staying over, you're going to have your head head scarf. Because you're dating a black woman. Yeah. And you're going to come and tell me. And you're going to be funny. We're going to have, we're going to do the do. And I'm going to look all glamorous. But yeah. trust me, at some point, I'm going to need to do, because I can't sleep either. I can, it's, it's, it's a falsity. And also, in that thing, that means we're saying, again, we're always talking about white being the standard. So going onto a show like Love Island and not wearing my bonnet because I want to appeal to who? Because I want to, because I'm right. embarrassed by something that we do. That means we're saying that. No, I'm, I'm not talking about society. I'm talking yeah. about the dating I'm aspect. I'm saying, yes. The dating aspect, because also there's going to be, there's it's a multiple, again, this is why I can't do Love Island because my dating removing, removing Love Island from the equation, I think Nana's saying if you have a first date and you sleep over with someone, you're just, yeah, you have I'm your head saying, I'm saying yes. That's and the reason being, when I wake up in the morning, I don't want my head to be like that. <laughs> and then that's more of a problem. Yeah. And also, take me as I am. I sleep with my headscarf on, bruv. You're the, I am a black woman. I sleep with my headscarf on. Exactly. I'm going to look crisp when I take it off in the morning. Let me sleep with my... I'm not going to be like, oh, no, I can't possibly... This is not Mrs. Maisel. Where you wake up, you man's asleep, and you put makeup on, and you act like just lying. <laughs> no one's doing that shit. This is no. me. But I do get what you mean. Like, if it was in the real world, honestly speaking, probably not. Do you know what I mean? Like, probably not. Like first night, probably not. It'll probably be like a couple of times afterwards where I feel comfortable. But that's just because of like insecurities and whatever kind of thing. But I just think like. For her, like, number one, like, she's just getting to know Toby. Do you know what I mean? They're not, like, in something and then this is a moment. Like, from day one, they have to share the same bed together. Do you know what I mean? Which is not a normal situation. So she doesn't really have a choice, really. Or, yeah, she doesn't She doesn't really have a choice. Do you know what I mean? That like she has to sleep in the bed with someone. So And I think it's worse looking at national TV because I can't stand a slip wig and then a dodgy hairstyle. So I'm saying... 
They put them in gun show the day. They had a challenge and they gun show. Like, yeah, look at all that. I was actually quite, I was just like, oh my God. Like, she, she's got a weave, right? Or a lace cap? No, she's, she's, got, she's got a lace. I think she's got a couple of wigs with her because she's changed it. Yeah, she has. Yeah. So well, they she's got a couple of wigs. Imagine, like, you said they gunged her, right? So imagine, like, that's her high end wig. Yeah. Even the um the white girls, so what's her name? Oh, what's the Liberty and um Faye, when they were gunge, uh, they obviously just recently got their hair done because their hair turned the colour of the gunge. Oh so yeah, 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 yeah. Pink yeah. and face is green or blue. At yeah. the moment, do you know what I mean? Wouldn't you be fucking pissed? Oh, be listen, listen, I've been going I'm going back to the gym and with this old curly thing, I I got my head, I bring my headscarf. I bring my headscarf because this thing is going to get bundled up so I can do my gym. And there's, I actually have seen a kind of cute guy in there. I don't give a damn because at the end of the day, I can't be, because I, I forgot my headscarf one day. This was everywhere. And I'm <laughs> long. No, I need my headscarf. I don't care. If you don't like me like that, then unfortunately, then you're never ever for me because then you don't, you literally are, don't like black women. Don't, don't, don't tell me nothing about my headscarf. Please don't. Yeah. And Yeah. I, and I think, yeah, no. Yeah. yeah, it is what it is. I wear a headscarf at night. Yeah. So sorry, Nana, you haven't really given your thoughts. You said you don't. What, what's your point? No, I, fe I felt like it was a bit soon. Soon for what? For national TV or for a relationship? No, for a relationship. For, for like a dating show, yeah. I thought her aesthetic going to bed was I've bagged the man aesthetic. So for me, it's like, obviously you need a headscarf, yeah? And maybe it's just because I'm into scarves. There's a way that you can really put on a really nice head wrap mm -hmm. and you will still look nice and glamorous and go to bed. But she just had on a really big bonnet and her glasses. And I was like, come on, chick. You're trying to bag a dude here. Like, this is the game show. It, 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 I was just like, no, like you needed a really nice silk scarf. She's got, she's got, a, she's got a chef's hat bonnet kind of thing. Like yeah. it's, it's kind of like it's bigger than a normal. It's, one. it's not even a normal size bonnet. It's no, she's got big hair though. It's really -ish. No, it's just like, it looks like she's taking her wigs off at night as well because it doesn't look like full, fully. Uh, full. You know what I mean? So it's just on like, her head, like covering her hair rows. And yeah. I was like, you could have had. But she a doesn't really need a big, big head wrap. bonnet. No. Okay, yeah. well, like she's it's got I still think that if, real. if the game's the game, it is, <laughs> it's, 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 she can win with a bonnet, man. Why not win with a bonnet? Why do you have to be like, because if, if, if it's already, she's going up against the fact that, I don't know how, I don't know what it is, but all the talk about, you know, whether a black girl going to get picked, all that type of stuff. So be who you are and see what you can do. I think it's an achievement. I think it's a win if she wins. I would say this season, other than Kaz and Toby, but I don't know though, but it does feel like maybe they're kind of, um, mixing it up a little bit more with the black yeah. girl, like maybe it's not yeah. going to be as negative as other seasons. I, think, I actually think that they're going to pit them against each other. I think they're going to pit Kaz against um, what's her name, Rachel, Rachel. Um, and Brad because I think Brad likes black girls. That's why. Yeah, I think. he does. He's, and no, then he won't say it. What, what is that? What I think they, I actually think they're TV. telling them not to say like not to describe people by race. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They keep on saying blonde, like dark hair, dark eyes. Yeah, he was like, you know, I love that dark hair, dark eyes. It's like, what's yeah, that? He described Kaz with dark hair, dark eyes. Is he all right? She's black. <laughs> Let's get the comments. <laughs> okay. Um, 
All right, so Candy says, I was more shocked with Rachel waking up without a bonnet and her makeup up several shades off from the rest of her, like Faye. And uh, what's that? So I am team no headscarf. I silk pillowcase all the way, but I think the mandem are used to it. I could have a silk pillowcase and this would be a knot after a week if I didn't have a headscarf on. Hmm. I don't. I don't know. You're on, mute, you're on mute, Shadow. Oh, sorry. I was saying it depends on the style, but I'm definitely not wearing my wig to bed. Not not for TV. It's ridiculous. Okay then. Yeah. What's made you sad, mad, and glad this week, Auntie Shadow? You're first. Oh, okay. Yes. So I am sad and mad at the frigging shitty weather. So. We, it, we're in July in the UK, and as you probably know, if you're from the UK or know about us, we have, most of the year, we have shitty weather. But in July, it's supposed to be a warm, sunny, happy time, and it's just horrible at the moment. Like, it's like we're having stormy rain, it's cold, like, I'm in a freaking hoodie today, because it's just so cold, and it's just, it's just annoying, it's just really... Yeah, it's just a bit of a downer. Um, my glads are, I actually have three glads. I'm going to say them quickly, though. Um, so one, Everyday Freddy was at the Jammy Black Owned Weekender this past weekend, and it was pretty amazing just seeing all the black creators and all the black brands there. That was really good. Um, and I think if you want black-owned products, you should definitely check them out. Um, Black Ballads, um, actually, they were doing like a funding round and they've um, raised over 250K. Wow. Um, yeah, they've done it. They made their goal before the, their deadline and stuff. That's amazing. And pretty amazing. And it's also like a lot of black women are actually investing as well kind of thing. So when people say that black women don't invest or that's not a market, that, you know, mm-hmm. they're just lying. It happens and it's done. So that's amazing. And then also... This racist guy called Edward Carnegie Matthews, basically he's been racially abusing one of his neighbours and he got really bright and said, you know, if you've got a problem, pull up. And everyone pulled up. (laughs) 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 And they pulled up and he's been arrested. Um, We'll see if he gets charged. You never know. Sometimes they just put them in handcuffs for show and nothing ever happens. Um, But yeah, but I thought that that was just brilliant. And I love, you know, like, you know, we don't really get that a lot over here, but I love when Americans do things like that. They're just like, all right, yeah, we're going to show you. And it was just, yeah, it was just perfect. I love that. Yes. Um, My sad is just literally the world reopening on the 19th not that it's i'm sad it's reopening it's just the the all the misinformation going around and back and forth on what's going to happen and whether it will push us into another lockdown and all that type of stuff so it's a bit sad that we're just not sure what the hell's going to happen um and mad not really mad because i'm not giving her my energy but claire lemon some foolish idiot woman who made current ridiculous comments about shikari and flo joe her tweet basically said something about if you've got strong long nails and (laughs) Something about Shikari's hair was obviously a weave. It, that's that's proof that she's um takes steroids, and that's why she it, her tweet was dumb. Um, she's been known for saying controversial, racist things, and all sorts of phobic things. And um, 
it's just an idiot and it's just nonsense. It's just people having platforms talking shit. And then I'm glad that I found Colour One Hair. Woo, woo. Um, and that's really, really joyful for me. And I spent time with my first niece, uh, who I don't get to see very often. She lives in Scotland. And um, she came down and we had a lovely Sunday together. Auntie Farah. I am mad at the weather because it's bipolar. More polar than bi. Um, <laughs> I am sad at the weather because it's bipolar <laughs> and i am glad for my family here we are and i am like, i i'm i'm sad about the weather as well but because i had to put the heating on like that's just out of order in july but i'm um, i'm mad at I'm not seeing Shikari in the Olympics. So I was really looking forward to like just really watching her races. And um, yeah, so that's kind of maddening. But I, I'm not so much mad at the authorities on that. I'm more mad for the people around her and whoever passed her that joint. Um, I'm just mad at that, that situation, that that's what you chose to offer her as solace in that time. Because I'm sure it was somebody else that did that. Um, and then I'm just glad it's just such a random one. But I was in the car going to work and there was two little black boys walking down the road with their mum going to school. And their shiny faces just gave me such joy. Like, you know, just seeing little kids with greased faces. Like I, I just had the biggest smile just watching them walk into school. I was like, I actually love that. I, I love seeing greased kids. I, I don't know. It fills me with nostalgia. So, yeah, I thought I'd share that with you guys. I feel that. Let's get the comments. Okay. Um, so we have Abner says, I saw that they have black hair extension suppliers on Twitter, but they have Sunday off to do hair and nails. Her bonnet, look like, <laughs> her bonnet looks like a church hat. And um, Nini says, it was a joy to watch everyone pulling up on that trashy guy. Yeah. That that was, it's a brilliant video. Yeah, it really is. It's funny. And they dashed so much stuff at him. It was oh, funny. Mate. Did you see the bottle, like, proper hit his head? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> in fact, I'm afraid of shame walk. Shame, yes. Oh, it was the walk of shame. <laughs> People Next. needed to sh shout that, actually. Yeah, shame. Shame. <laughs> Okay, Auntie Auntie Shade, what's 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 on your mind? Oh yes, okay. Don't piss me off. <laughs> Basically, yeah, and I know, I know. Probably if this goes out to like the wider public, they're gonna be like, oh no, she's one of them. But I can't stand people's dogs, like <laughs> in general. Like I'm, I'm just not like people who want you to be cool with their dog. Like when you kind of make a gesture like or like letting you know not comfortable around your dog they say stupid things like oh he's not gonna bite she's not gonna bite do you know what i mean it's not it's not just that that i'm concerned about i just don't like dogs i don't like dogs and they just think that everyone should like them i hate the biasness in offices that you can have dogs there like do you know what i mean like oh it's just so it's just so like like just assuming everyone likes dogs i hate the fact that a lot of people in the country care more about dogs than they do about people, in particular black people. Like, why did, why, they're dogs, frigging dogs, man. I just can't, I just, yeah, I don't like it. Um, I think, 
yeah, I just think that they need to take it down a few notches, these dog lovers. Yeah, that's, that's what pisses me off. I think I could actually agree with you, even though I don't hate dogs or don't dislike them. I just agree with you. I just hate people that feel like they should bring them to work. Like, I get quite... So my thing is, and I and I love this about my job, I can say, well, due to health and safety, you know, there could be people with allergies. So therefore, unless you're going to keep your dog in your room and then I'm going to charge you to clean that room, to have it deep cleaned, I don't think you should bring your dog in. And it tends to let people not really... People tend to shy away from it because it's like... You don't need to bring your dog to work. Not every, like you said, not everybody likes dogs. It's the fact that they come up and they sniff you and they want to lick you and their noses are wet and they stink. Dogs stink. So I'm with you. Get rid of them at workplaces. I don't want to see them. Yeah. It's the over enthusiasm, like, and everyone goes nuts. And they could be cute, but they still stink. And then you got to wash your hands after. It's a whole yeah. process. I, I, I think it's wholly like disrespectful that people you love your pet doesn't mean anybody else does. Yeah, it's they lick okay. their asses. Yeah. All right then, guys. That was your auntie. <laughs> Never. I just had a random. Uh, I'll share it with you guys afterwards. But I just had a random thing about people with pets. <laughs> uh, Not all pets. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Mate. See, I ain't even got to say it. Everybody knows. <laughs> No, I don't know. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm, I'm oblivious and innocent. What are you okay, talking about? Okay, okay. All right. Go on, go on a queer. Roll the outro. That was your Aunties Could Never, episode 69. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. And as Auntie Shadi has very much warned you, keep commenting, keep subscribing. Um, reviewing and liking and sharing because we need it we need it um when you go to our podcast please leave a comment please leave a review we will read them out all of them as auntie farah warned us last week we will read every single comment um make sure you follow us on instagram twitter and facebook we're everywhere and also you can watch us on facebook and on youtube live every tuesday 5 p.m uk time so make sure you do we'll be back next week we've got a special one next week yeah. special We've got a special good, good, good guest, guest, guest. All will be revealed. <laughs> oh, so you can do that, yeah? yeah I can't <laughs> you I can't hear the triangle. Like I said, your triangle's more dong than ding. Yeah, <laughs> you may as well bang the table. <laughs> I'll have more respect for the table. <laughs> and on that note... I'm seeing it. I'm still over it. Good night. Good night. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.